It's time to turn the lights down. Attention, attention. Here we go. Now, without further ado. So I came in tonight and I asked Ted if there was a way that we could just move the studio outside. Because it's so incredibly nice outside tonight Such in Washington. Nice, nice and cool. Wouldn't you, if we could just like move this over to the patio at Rumors or something, we could just have you know a couple pictures. and oh, that would be the dream on a Thursday night, exactly. wouldn't it? Exactly. Get some apps. We'll just hang out over there and do the show outside. Yeah, holler at passerby. I mean, I bet we can make a lot of new fans Exactly. Like that. Get some new listeners. <laughs> it's Thursday happy hour time in Washington. It's the perfect time. Yeah, everyone's happy right now. <laughs> exactly. Got a few drinks in them after, you know, like an hour or two of happy hour. Oh, They're yeah. Good. They're solid. Prime time for happy hour and before Thursday night football kicks off. So That's we true. could just squeeze it in just at the right time. Mm-hmm. Could be fun. It could be. Maybe next time. We've had a pretty good week here in Washington, weather-wise. Unfortunately, we've not had as good a week here in Washington, generally speaking. Um, I think everybody, of course, knows what happened here on Monday down at the Navy Yard. And we we can all... I work downtown. Um, I know you guys don't. You work out in Maryland and Virginia, respectively. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, immediately, you know, we, everybody heard the news and... It just sort of the city is on edge at that point. It you know it was an isolated incident. It didn't expand outside of the Navy Yard, but you just you hate to hear of anything like that going on, especially for how long it went on before they were able to give real solid news in terms of finding the gunmen, um, really being able to tell people that it was over and done with. So I think all of us here at the other side of sports can say that we're. Our thoughts and prayers go out to the families um, and everyone down at the Navy Yard who was there. I can't imagine what it's like to be in your office building not knowing what's going on for all those hours and, and sort of having heard the gunshots or, or having heard what's going on um, and not being able to get accurate information. So uh, it's 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 a really sad thing, but it, it is always nice when things like that happen to see how the community responds and really rallies around everybody. And for those who aren't here in Washington, the Nationals Baseball Stadium is located immediately adjacent to the Navy Yard Mm -hmm. in D.C. They share a metro station. And the Nationals came out and immediately helped everyone, everything that was going on down there. They made their parking lots available as meet-up points for family members and other people who were able to exit the area safely. Well, because all employees had to leave their cars there, so they really didn't have any other way to leave. Exactly. People had to meet them there. And they were able to provide food, restrooms, beverages, sort of all of these things because the stadium was there. And Mayor Gray, uh, the mayor of D.C., came out later and said that that it really was such an incredible thing they were able to do in, at, at that time because otherwise they wouldn't have had any sort of rallying points and people would have been down there for hours without food and access to a lot of stuff. You had the media, you had all of the police, FBI, uh, the different service groups that were down there helping everyone out. So it, it is nice to see when, when people things like that come together in a city. It took the Nationals, as Ted pointed out earlier, a little long. The, they were supposed to play a game on Monday night against the Braves, a 7 o'clock game. Mm-hmm. It wasn't quite canceled right away. I don't know what goes into canceling scheduling a baseball games? game. I have no idea, but 
How long did it take? What time did they cancel it? I think roughly around 3.30 or so. Sounds about right. Because uh, Jay Brooks, who does the sports updates for Kevin Arock on Monday, <clears throat> was supposed to be here. He was supposed to be at the Nats game. So he was actually in the press box at about 3.30, eating some cookies and having some ice cream. And then they said, finally, we're going to call the game. Oh, wow. So, yeah. And, I mean, MLB told the Braves and the Nats it's okay to go to the stadium. This is roughly around 1 o'clock. And, I mean, I don't know about you guys. I get a lot of my news, unfortunately, from Twitter. So I'm sitting there wondering if the Nats game is going to get canceled. So if you just put hashtag Nationals, all these people were outraged that MLB hadn't called the game yet. Oh, wow. And that's what I'm... I don't know who makes the call. Does does MLB themselves, as the entity, have to make the final say? I would think so. Okay. I would think so. They I mean, have to get approval, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, and right. we were lucky that the Braves were here the very next day to play a you know day-night doubleheader, but I just don't get with something that major, and considering what Boston went through, Absolutely. and they shut down the whole city, right. mm-hmm. that we couldn't shut down the baseball stadium a couple blocks away. Right. Well, ultimately, they did cancel the game, and they moved it to a doubleheader on Tuesday, so they did a 1 o'clock and a 7 o'clock game. And at the 1 o'clock game, the Nationals came out wearing their the uniforms that they'd worn on the 4th of July, which are, um, I think, ab- absolutely my favorite Nationals uniforms. They're Navy uniforms, and they have the stars and stripes on the curly W. Mm-hmm. They had um, members of the, the Navy there. All the guys wore Navy hats during batting practice and warm-ups and everything, and they really tried to at least make it a special moment to celebrate what was going on there. So, and now actually, this is really cool. The Nats are auctioning off game worn jerseys from that game. They've all been autographed, and 100% of the proceeds from that auction will go to TAPS, which is the Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors. Oh. And it, it'll go to support the families um, of, of the people who were killed on Monday. I hadn't heard of that yet. That's great. And Those then, are awesome jerseys, by the way. They are awesome jerseys. I went online, and so I, I think bidding ends either today or tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them, the Bryce Harper jersey, not surprisingly, was the one that was uh, had hit the highest mark so far. And last night, I think it was up to $2,300. Oh. Ryan Zimmerman was sort of 1400 So some of them seem to be fetching well, that's good. money that could potentially make a difference. A but I'm hoping it exactly, goes up a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But sports, really, I always think sport. I, we were talking about this, Trey, when you came in, in the sense that going to Nationals Park is such a different experience from some other ballparks, and I think being in, here in Washington is one of the things that makes it really special. I never feel more patriotic than when I go to a baseball game at Nats Park. It doesn't even matter if it's the 4th of July or there are special things going on, because they always have a wave your hats to salute the troops moment, and they work very closely with the Wounded Warrior Project, and at every game they usually have um, soldiers in from Walter Reed mm-hmm. to attend the game with their families, and they make a special point of they calling come out, out that on the moment. Deck and wave their caps, and everyone cheers and claps for them. It's really nice. Yeah, it's definitely a very cosmopolitan vibe in a patriotic sense, though. It's <laughs> mad mellow out here compared to going to like Yankee Stadium. Completely different vibe, but I do. I, I love that stadium. I love the crowd. DC people are, you know, that intellectual type of bougie. You know what I mean? <laughs> And it's but it's sexy though it's we're, cool you know, we're being bougie at the baseball game yeah. oh, right. everybody well they're like a, a somebody's ripping pages of a magazine and throwing it around and people are dressing like this well everyone's stuff. coming from work so they're still in their suits yeah, looking smart and it's everything fly. yeah it's, it's a good look <laughs> I think it's a real good look. maybe that's why we get so much crap for not being a baseball city because we look too good. Yeah, look too good. Exactly. We don't. We don't look like fans coming in from the burbs or something, yeah, and no, all of our definitely. decked out in our gear with our foam fingers or something. Yeah, bougie. We look bougie. bougie. I look bougie. <laughs> Got it. Well dressed. Everything is name brand, and 
and and real you know real upscale. I like it though. It's a good look, you know. And it's mm-hmm. it's still a casual atmosphere though. That's I do love it. It's mm-hmm. it's 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 a nice place to go for that. But baseball isn't the only sport that really kind of rallied around the city at that point. And this is the thing. I, one of the things that I love most about sports is the way that it brings people together. And of course, we had a Monday night football game that on um, that same evening, and. The Steelers and the Bengals, it was sort of, you know, their rivals. There's a lot of emotion going into that game already. And they had a, a really, what I thought was a very nice sort of moment of silence, a beautiful national anthem sung that game that I just, that's the thing I love seeing about sports. Everyone, Everyone. coming together across the nation. Yeah, it, it was touching. It was it, and, and, and appropriate. I thought it was a good look. I, I thought I thought that um, to have that out so quickly. I mean, it happened Monday, and then Monday night, you know, in a completely different city. That you know, uh, these two teams paid that moment of silence and tribute to the victims. So I thought it was a, uh, you know, shows how close we are as a country. And really, if if Major League Baseball sometimes lags behind in, in being prepared to make calls and make the schedule ready, the NFL really always is to me on top of their game for things like that. NFL's the best. They they've got stuff programmed. They're ready, and and it always, always seems prepared. to hit the right note. Mm-hmm. It's always good, always tasteful, classy for the most part. I mean, besides when everyone booed when Ryan Seacrest came out. Oh come on! But that was weird. It's Ryan Seacrest, yeah. and the NFL is nothing sacred. That was so strange. But anyway, <laughs> that's what you get when he's got a show coming out on Fox, right? I missed it. I missed the whole Ryan Seacrest thing. Oh, it was bad. It you was could hear bad. the booze loud and clear. Like, they didn't drown out the audience. Who is like Ryan my, He's American the American Idol. Idol host. Oh, of course. Yeah. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> well, so it's opening game of the NFL, and everyone's excited. And who comes running out of the tunnel first, being chased by a bunch of cheerleaders, but Ryan Seacrest. It just didn't make any sense. And it's I, that would, the actual tweet I sent was, is nothing sacred? Because what is he doing there? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Clearly, the Denver fans didn't have any idea. Not anymore. to mention the cameraman's basically laying flat on the ground, pointing the camera up to make him look t- as tall or taller than the cheerleaders because I'm pretty sure he's shorter than both of us, Anne. What does he do, though? What, did he, what, is, what, is, what is he famous for? He's a talking head. He's a radio show host. He looks pretty on episodes of things. That's about it. Is that it? Well, he's also the executive producer for a lot of shows. I mean, the Kardashian show on the E! Network. He does a lot of producing for shows, too. Oh, okay. Good for him. He's a squizillionaire. Is he? Oh, yeah. You you watch almost any... I I think it might be. (laughs) (laughs) You've you've surpassed so many levels of wealth. (laughs) I mean, I, he just, he's been around, I think he started in radio and stuff, and then he was doing TV, and i it's almost hard to turn on any show on the E! Network without seeing his name in the production credits. Mm-hmm. I'm not really hip on the E! Network, Oh, he does but New Year's Rock and Eve. Oh, yeah, because he took for a- Dick Clark. Exactly. He's the new Dick Clark. Is Dick Clark alive or no? Yes. He is still alive. He's in fact, struggling quite a bit. He appeared, I think, most recently. Didn't he appear this year? He'll make a cameo still for New Year's Eve countdowns, but he's... Oh, no. It's just right here. (laughs) Oh, he died last year. It's right here. It's (laughs) from April 18th of 2012. Dick Clark is no longer on the building. He's no longer in the building. Sorry about that. Wow. He is doing poorly. He's doing very poorly. He's doing very poorly. Worse than we thought. (laughs) Well, last time he came on, I guess it was two years ago then, that he made an appearance, and he just... three. Yeah. Wow. Three. Wow. 
clearly I haven't watched New Year's Rock and Eve in a few years. I hey. guess I'm doing other things on New Year's Eve. Well, you're not sober at midnight? Yeah, I don't think... <laughs> Possibly. Yeah, I don't think that's been the case. Well, I think there are enough other countdowns. I mean, didn't they give, like, Carson Daly a countdown? And there's so many now that you can turn on any channel. Who cares as long as you see the ball drop, right? Yeah, that's true. You're counting down. You're not even really paying attention to no, who's on the TV. No, you're just yelling. Numbers. Back to the NFL. We've got a lot to cover tonight, I think, and we'll see as much of it as we can get through. We've got NFL, we've got college football, we've got more baseball, we've got teenage football, middle school, high school middle football, school. we've got football of all kinds. That's, all it's ages. that time of year, mm-hmm. so we've got to cover it at every level. Level. Well, maybe we'll skip the peewees and, and, and move up. So if at any point you want to join us, 855-311-2224. I'm Katie Garrett. I'm here with Trey Johnson and Ann Hussey. On the other side of sports. So one of the biggest pieces of news in NFL in the NFL this week was a major trade that went down last night. And for anyone who follows me on Twitter, they, they saw a picture that I took with my girlfriend, Pam, when we heard the news last night. I was shocked. There are I not no that idea. many trades that happen in the season. No, there's not, especially this early in the season. Right. And We're randomly two games on in. a Wednesday night. That just didn't make sense i didn't know until i went to dinner with some friends and they told me and i was like what i had no idea because they were late to dinner because they had to stop and make sure their fantasy teams were okay (laughs) i'm like get there actually i had that same moment i got there and i was like hey guys like are you here where are you and they're like oh sorry we had to check our fantasy rosters i was like okay we had to pull over we're sitting on the side of the road we'll be there in 15 minutes yeah I think he just transfers, right? I still have Trent Richardson. He doesn't play for the Browns anymore. Yeah, he just transfers yeah. over. Mm-hmm. You don't have to do anything. Just a different team. Exactly. So now I have to pay attention to the bi- Colts bye week. Yeah. Oh, well. Anyhow, I was surprised to hear this. Like you said, it, we're t- it's week three. The Browns are pretty terrible. I think we can probably agree this year. They're, they're really not going anywhere. They just announced that they're benching. Brandon Wheaton and starting Hoyer. Hoyer. Brian Hoyer. Brian Who is their third string quarterback? What do you do? Over Wheaton, Jason Wheaton, Campbell. Wheaton is hurt, oh, right? Oh, over Jason Campbell. Yeah. Ouch. Ooh, yeah, why are you doing that? I don't know. I don't know enough about Hoyer. How, I know enough about Hoyer. Who went to Ohio State? The Ohio State kid? Is that, is that, oh, is that no. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. But I I can tell you that if Norv is out there as the OC, all this is going to result in a brand new quarterback coming down the line very soon. I think that's the reason that's why That's what everybody's saying. I'm sure that's their goal. Michigan State. Yeah, Brian. Yeah, but... um. If Norv wants somebody he can mold, I guess he's not impressed with Whedon, or I guess he's not impressed with Jason, and he wants to go ahead and get into you know that puppeteering mode with a good quarterback and bring his system into play. And they figure with today's style of play, you can put two running backs in the backfield and still make up that four yards of carry, get your play action to work. And it's not like we used to have – it's great to have like an Adrian Peterson or a LaShawn McCoy, but it's not necessary anymore because they're playing maybe two – B plus backs alternating you're, down yeah, you've you're, got the one who pounds it in if you've yeah, got a goal line your quarterback stand. is way more important and it, and you know it, it's true especially in the North Turner offense so I, I think they're gonna I don't know what quarterbacks are really available in college right now who they're thinking is the you know I mean I like that kid from Louisville and I can see him going to Cleveland if it all works out because I think he's the best cat on the board 
as far as being able to do it all. And so I think if Norv gets a hold of him, he can build his offense and then try to right the ship in Cleveland. A lot of people in Cleveland, though, they're some great fans, too. Not as sophisticated as the D.C. folk. <laughs> <laughs> but so they're, they're not bougie there? They're not bougie. They come out there with no shirts on, painted up with the dog masks and throw batteries and bottles on the field, and you have to batteries? love them. Batteries? That's dangerous. Yeah, but they ain't throwing them happy. at us, though. They throwing them at the other team, so. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're hoping they hit one of the, Power the opposing players at that point. Well, you know. Whatever. Well, I heard the news, and I think automatically it, it reminded me of the suck for luck that the that was all the rage two years ago yeah. for the Colts, um, and everybody's sort of questioning, are they throwing away their season? That, to me, this trade made me feel like the Browns are throwing away their season. Oh, yeah, they just throw it in the bag. They're I like, mean, you know what? It's not going to work. Bags. We don't have it. And we're, just, think, I'm t- we're just going to lay down and, and die slowly because there are 14 more games left. But what if they don't get Teddy Bridgewater? Is it that great of a move? Uh, now, if they don't get Teddy Bridgewater, they still have the first-round pick they can trade maybe for somebody who they do like in the quarterback position. You know, maybe drop down a little bit, trade that pick, get one of these young up-and-coming backup kids. You know, there's always that. What was the cat that went to uh, – the Alex Smiths, the Matt Cassell, the you know the guys who may have an opportunity. Right. But mm-hmm. I think they're going to align themselves because you figure if they lose every damn game and they have what two first round picks, they'll get Teddy right. Bridgewater. Yeah. They'll get whoever they want. So I think it probably they're going to get the first pick in the first round if right. if that's really mm-hmm. if the season is just right. over. And I mean, it's an opportunity to start looking at your bench and, and checking your depth and seeing what you do have. And you know, two years from now, they, you know, they'll be like the Colts. Who are right. poor playoff contenders? So it's, it, it, it's a move. But how can you do that to your fan base? Give up in week three? Well, that fan base, those people paying money for tickets. You do. You have season ticket holders. I mean, basically, well, I think that's why they don't should come, get a partial refund or something. Oh, they don't come right out and say what they're doing. Like you know, from them, they're never going to admit so none obvious. of this stuff. It is obvious to us, but you know. But I'm telling you right now, I mean, them Cleveland Browns cats will come out there. They'll go if, no matter what if it's a war going on. They are they are the most diehard cats, and they're so happy to have a team back. And you know they they have a great football history. Them people come out in the cold. It's cold in Cleveland, man. I'm telling you, oh, yeah. the sun don't shine but 15 minutes a day. You know, <laughs> and it's off that lake. But they will come out there in force. So I think they'll they'll tolerate it. They'll bitch and moan a little bit on the radio and in the media about it and complain. But you know, if it gets them Teddy Bridgewater and maybe a couple old linemen and maybe few spots on defense, then they're in the mix. You know, they, they they start making some runs in their division where they can be competitive. Like, why would you want to put a – what are the fans getting now? Like, what are you getting as well, a result true. of having it? You know mm-hmm. I mean? What do you lose? So, hey, you know, I think the, the fan base would be a lot more behind it than people would think. Well, and for those of you who don't know, first, shame on you. But Trey played in Cleveland, so he knows <laughs> firsthand very well how the fan base is out there. So I guess, hey, if they'll still come out and watch. I don't know what the Browns' schedule is like to know if – there's a chance for them to even win another game or two as the season goes on. No idea. But I got to say, in the depth of December at that point, I'm, I don't know if I'd be willing to go out there. I guess you layer it up enough. and yeah, peace Sounds out like to, they don't even wear shirts. Peace out to Shaker Heights and all them beautiful women out there. Oh, wow. Ooh, love them. Look at the pretty oh girls God. in Cleveland, yeah, huh? They do. Shake you know eyes. where all the pretty girls are. I try my best. Oh. Well, we've I established Trey, is, Trey appreciates women. I he do. Is a Look who I'm with, though. <laughs> we the I got oh, two thanks. dimes in the room. We're good to go. <laughs> thanks, Trey. Well, we, we have just had Lawyer Lou join us. We, he will uh, come back in with us on the other side of the break. As we all know, traffic in this city. This Lord song is anywhere. <laughs> I love like his joint. Royals? Uh, Royals.
Royal, yeah. Yeah. Well, on that note, here on the other side of sports, we will we will send you out to to that one of Trey's favorites, and uh, we'll be back on the other side. If you want to call us, eight five five three eleven twenty two twenty four. FLPA headquarters in our nation's capital. This is a Rock Deep Media production. There once was a king known for his incredible wisdom. One day, two men came in carrying one stick of juicy fruit between them. Your Majesty, they said, we both claim ownership of this juicy fruit. Pray tell us who should get the mouth-watering fruity flavor. Suddenly, the king arrived at the perfect solution. Guards, throw these men in the pit of despair. For you see, juicy fruit is the gotta have sweet gum. And when you gotta have sweet, uh, leave the gum with me. You gotta have juicy fruit. It's good to be king. Imagine crossing a street busy with traffic, against the light. Watch where you're going. Wearing a blindfold. Would you do this? Probably not. It's one risk obviously not worth taking. Some risks aren't as obvious, yet could be just as deadly, like the risk for type 2 diabetes. If you're overweight or over 45, if you're not very active or don't eat as healthy as you should, there's an easy test you can take to find out your risk. It's free, and in less than a minute, you'll know if you're at risk for this deadly disease. Just go to diabetes.org slash take the test or call 1-800-DIABETES because type 2 diabetes is one risk you can't afford to take. Take the diabetes risk test and stop diabetes before it stops you. A message from the American Diabetes Association. Imagine a product everyone needs but nobody wants to use. And although you seldom use it, you keep paying for it year after year. Is this someone's idea of a bad joke? No, it's car insurance. Fortunately, this commercial is brought to you by GEICO, which could save you 15% or more. Call 1-800-947-AUTO, 1-800-947-AUTO. Because like nitrogen, oxygen, and a good TV remote, car insurance is one of life's essentials. Fortunately, high prices aren't. GEICO Direct, the sensible alternative. When you have cable and can't record all your shows, you feel unhappy. When you feel unhappy, you go to happy hour. When you go to happy hour, you're up for anything. When you're up for anything, you head to a Turkish bathhouse. When you head to a Turkish bathhouse, you meet Charlie Sheen. And when you meet Charlie Sheen, you reenact scenes from Platoon with Charlie Sheen. Don't reenact scenes from Platoon with Charlie Sheen. Get rid of cable and upgrade to DirecTV. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Eight night owls at 3 a.m. Here are the top stories. In the wee small hours, it's morning again for Dale Alexander. Mm, quiet. Sorry, honey. So as not to disturb his family, he arises quietly and skillfully dresses in the dark. Quiet. Sorry, honey. You see, Dale works at the kitchens of 7-Eleven making fresh sandwiches for the day. But these are no ordinary sandwiches. They're Big Eats Deli sandwiches made with the finest ingredients like fresh smoked turkey and jack with crisp lettuce and tangy southwestern mayonnaise on wheat berry bread. Bye, honey. What? Sorry, honey. 
These sandwiches are rushed fresh from the cutting board to the local 7-Eleven so you can enjoy them that same day, which is why Dale doesn't mind getting up early to do his job. In fact, he takes pride in it. Morning, Dale. Wearing your wife's blouse again. Sorry, honey. So try our freshly made deli sandwiches. You'll thank heaven for 7-Eleven and Dale Alexander for coming in early. (sighs) Offer good at participating locations. From the NFLPA headquarters in our nation's capital, this is a Rock Deep Media production. Welcome back, everybody. The greatest intense song of all time. God, I got so excited when it came on. Thank you, Ted. I really appreciate that. Hands go up in the air. You just start jumping up and down, just like you're in Lane Stadium. One of the greatest entrances in college Pump football. them up music. Yeah. And a really good live concert. Have you have you been? I'm not to a tech game. No, no, no. I but, thought you meant to a concert. But I, yeah, oh yeah. They were at the Verizon Center a couple years ago. Oh, really? That's we awesome. had floor tickets. I felt old. Uh, But that's okay. They're an old band, so it didn't make me feel quite as bad. Well, just before the break, we had Lou come and join us. So now we have a full house here on the other side of sports. We've got Lou Brooks. We've got Ann Hussey. We've got Trey Johnson. I'm Katie Garrett. We've got Ted working the boards for us tonight. Lou, what happened? Well, I enjoy listening to the show, just not from inside the studio here. The strangest thing. Well, we love that you tuned in on your way way in, though. Uh, Literally, I'm actually running through the streets of D.C. with a laptop under one arm and listening to the show on the other. But uh, something I never would have thought about. I mean, those out there listening don't realize, you know, we have a parking garage that we normally park in here, those of us who are who work here. And something you don't think about, a lot of parking garages have, you know, different clearance levels. Well, recently, oh, yeah. I, recently <laughs> I added a extra rack to my roof rack to support a stand-up paddleboard that I recently purchased. Uh, oh, nice. I really want to go stand-up paddleboard. And, a what? Uh, a stand-up paddleboard. You stand okay. up. Can you pull a picture of that up, Ted? It, <laughs> it looks like a surfboard, it's but you actually right. stand on it on the water, and then you have a paddle. big, tall paddle. It's, it's a going with the sail? You have a sail? No. Or no. no. You can. It's like windsurf. Some people, there, there's some board makers who actually make them with a with a hybrid. You can put a windsurfing sail in it. <gasps> That's so cool. Now I really want one. But basically, it's supposed what to be it, really good for you. What it is, Ted, is... Uh, it's I mean, like a full me. core yeah. workout. Yeah. Is, it's, it came from Hawaiian Islands. When they used to travel between areas they were surfing, they would stand up on their boards and they would use a, a, a paddle to get from place to place. And then it became an actual sport, which has really jumped in popularity. Trey has pure in the last confusion on his face. Good picture, right though. I, I, I think the person demonstrating <laughs> well, it is. Well, Ted pulled up a bikini did. shot for him sure just to make sure Thank he got the full demonstration. They have classes out on the Potomac. We can go out one day. What? It looks dirty, though. I do. I do it out, you know, in, in the waters around Ocean City and the Bay. I've done it, uh, you know, all around the Potomac. It's a great exercise. You get a core body workout and a lot of fun. But the funny. So you part, added the rack for it. <laughs> so I added the Uh-oh. rack for it, and actually, last week's show, I actually had the, the the board on because I was playing around with it. But I I prepared and came and found a parking space because I knew there's no way I can. I parked in a in a, a metered spot, and because of the rain last week, there were a lot of spots open. But this week I came down and I said, the board's not on there. I should have no problem. And I pull into our regular spot. And the guy's like yelling at me, 
Whoa! Wait, yeah, wait, I, I, wait! Right, stop. I just get there. He saves me within inches of tearing the whole thing off. Oh, oh that would have oh, been I, brutal. I thought it was gonna be a little more climactic. I thought. And then I end up driving <laughs> around. <laughs> actually run into yeah, it. Yeah, I thought he was gonna go tear the board off. Was right. on there. Something was gonna go flying. So I end up going disaster. All of a sudden, the paddleboard flies into rumors. So I'm going parking the garage to parking garage within like a you know a two three block Happy area, trying to find one that has a high enough clearance. And the guy assures me this one across the street that does. And as I go down, I literally, I'm, I'm driving with my head out the window, and it's, it clears by half an inch. I've actually, those uh, garages are really hard to find in D.C. because one of the cars that we have in my family is the old school Volkswagen vans from, like, good from van. the 80s. Oh, my God. So many good rides in that van. They're the greatest vans ever. After the punch buggy bus, they're like the, from the 80s and 90s. Uh, it's a Volkswagen van again, and the ones we've had were always four-wheel drive because they're actually even better in the snow than a truck because the weights are distributed evenly, and you've got the full-size sure cabin. Was a little camper one with Nonsense. the pop-up camper thing? We on? never had the pop-up camper, but we had some of the versions. That's it's actually, Ted, bus. more like the orange one. Oh, okay. Um, and these th- these are great, and Anne knows <laughs> she's been in it with my sister. Yeah, and it's, it's the type of thing you take it to Gold Cup. It's the perfect tailgating vehicle, camping vehicle, but they sit really high. And so there's sometimes if I had to move furniture or something to the city from my dad's house out in Virginia, I would borrow the van and bring it in. And I had to do the same thing looted as you're driving around trying to find a parking garage. And I do that thing where you, you're driving in and you want to duck. <laughs> Even though you know that's yeah, not really going to change yeah. anything, right. so I'm sitting at the steering wheel ducking, and you're you're clearing it by an inch or half an inch, and it's very nerve. Like you lean in your car, like you're on a motorcycle when you go around a curve, it doesn't make it. No, exactly. But so, also, city living, me of Little Miss Sunshine. Yes, exactly. Pretty we nice. actually did have the old school kind when I was a kid, and it was orange. Um, but we sold that when I was two or three, and then we've always had one ever since. So, Good Katie, cars. you were saying something, you know, when I was running through this city listening <laughs> about how patriotic you felt when you're at Nats Ballpark. And oh, I, I love it! It is pretty cool, and I will say, I, I you know, I'm a Mid Atlantic guy. I'm a you know Baltimore, huge Baltimore fan because I was born there. But the whole area is it's fun to be in this area, patriotic. But one of the nice things about Baltimore, I will say, one thing that I never got to think about before is that I really love that the national anthem. When it's played in Baltimore, to me, has extra meaning because it was created there. You know, this is Scott true. Key, you know? Francis so, Scott Key. So not something whenever, many whenever it's remember. sung there, I always, I, every time, no matter how much it's played there, I always think about that. Okay, but then why does everybody in Baltimore hey, oh, insist on degrading the national anthem that way? Yeah, they cut up. It's it's a tradition. When we it's were not at go the Redskins game for Monday Night Football, everyone's screaming, oh. And I get there's a lot of crossover when it comes to Redskins fans because there were many in the area who didn't change and support the Ravens or, um, you know, or like you, you'd always right. remain a Baltimore fan. But I was shocked at how many people in FedEx Field it screamed, oh. drives me crazy. A, a lot of carryover Oriole fans, yeah. I know. Wait, wait, hold on. What was the song... That they sang in the seventh inning stretch at at the aha take on me yo Isn't that great yo I, you gotta love that though like they had a whole crowd try to hit those high notes oh, oh yeah so they fun. put all yo, the words that's up on so the daring yo I dig that though that was cool it, it was a little controversial when they kept it because it was the walk up song for Michael Morse who got traded to Seattle last year mm-hmm. and he was one of those guys that people felt had a, a, a lot of 
locker room presence that him leaving might change the mojo of the team and but p the stadium had so much loved that as his walk-up song they would sing along when he was coming yeah. up, to, up to plate that was hot and that's why they kept it and, like and put that. it in the seventh inning stretch i'm with you i think that was too. fun that was fun they tried it i was impressed one little more homer comment and of course you all may have noticed if you paid attention i sent you guys all a link to the 1947 originating Ravens marching. Oh, yes. After last yeah, week yeah, when yeah. we were getting when I was a at the game, I, I couldn't help it. I took. But the Ravens didn't exist in 1947. I understand, but the band <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. <laughs> uh, Take on me has a great music video too. Okay, that's when it's like they're drawing, right? Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's good. How old, I'm old. If I know that joint. Back on track, and Back actually, track. the fact that. The Ravens didn't exist in 1947 is a great segue because the Colts existed in 1947 and they now play in Indianapolis and are the new home to one Mr. Trent Richardson. As we were discussing before the break, a lot of people got upset about this trade because they thought the Colts overpaid. No. Not in my opinion. I think they did. I think they did. I think they overpaid and I think they should be upset because, you know, Trent has a history of injuries. He hasn't really, you know, become that back that you thought he would with the third overall pick Oh, he yet. had so much hype around him coming And out. he was good in college, don't get me yeah. wrong. But he hasn't shown us yet that he, you know, if, if you look at him as a rookie and Alfred Morris as a rookie, mm-hmm. Alfred oh, Morris. totally different. Destroyed yeah. him. You know but what I'm saying? anyone so, at Alabama is going to look good running behind that O-line that they have. Agree. Very good point. And I playing mean, the people they play. Yeah. But, Trey, I know you played the sport, and I, I, I can't compete with that from the insider's perspective. But I, I still think it was a good move. And the reason I'm not saying it's a good move. Not a good move. I think they overpaid. Well, I don't what do you think? So I did, and the reason the reason being is that, you know, if you look at draft analysis, even from Belichick on down, Ozzy, you know, the, the great the great ones, it's still a hit hit or miss proposition. You you know, look at the top draft picks over the last ten years, top first round draft picks. Mm-hmm. Half of them are gone in four years. That's the average career, though. If you make it four years, you get vested. I mean, not that's for not a, first, saying a first round draft pick. You need they better be around longer. If you know, if you're you would if, hope that you a first would round hope, but that's pick. not necessarily a realistic right. expectation. Well, then, you're, then you're even helping my argument, in my opinion, because look, you if the Colts keep it, they're, keep what the draft pick instead. That's the price they paid a first round draft pick. Uh-huh. So that's that quid pro quo. So if they keep that. They're not going to get a guaranteed piece that they have now because I know he may get injured, but he's a known commodity. He has the ability, and in Cleveland, they can stack the box on him. They can't stack the box with with, with Andrew Luck because he can throw, and it's going to open up. My prediction is, and I'm kind of glad. I'm happy maybe because he's out of my division, <laughs> but I, I think that he's going to do well at the Colts. I'm not saying he's not going to do well. The point being that I think you could have got some serviceable running backs to still fill the void and now have to pay a billion bucks for Trent Richardson. That's all I'm saying. Like, I'm not saying he he may go lead the league in rushing, and you know, which I don't think he will, but he may be up there and be respectable, but you still could have got two lower-level backs, kept your first-round pick, and start building that team for that championship run down the road that you're going to need because if he... As a running back, which is one of the shortest career spans, if he gets hurt now, now you paid all this money for the, the you know uh, a bus. Ladies and gentlemen out there, what what do you think? Did did the Colts overpay? Was this a good move for the Browns? Where do you sit on the whole Trent Richardson trade? Eight five five three eleven twenty two twenty four. Excuse me. So Trey, you're saying keep your picks and take two running backs next year with some lower level. Not stuff. even next year. You could have went and got McGahee. Yeah, this is just true. Like Cleveland. McGahee is now right. going to the Browns. There's a lot of running backs. I mean, go from the Broncos. Yeah, you know, or, 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 or go get one of like I would take for me. I would take like go get trade for Evan Royster. 
You know what I mean? Trade for uh, uh, Halu. I'd consider giving you know what I'm saying? Him. You know, like, and, and not go a first-round pick, but those are sure. serviceable backs. Absolutely. Who, are, who I think are going to be good young guys who are behind, you know, in Royster's a system without be. without his injury issues, and I think McGahee has had a few as well, and there's a reason he didn't last in Denver. Mm-hmm. But, but pick him up for the rest of the season and then have your first-round pick for next year to get yeah. someone. But there are a lot of second-team, third-team backs out there that you could have put in that position. Mm-hmm. And and I think save your first round pick and continue to build your own organization. So I think part of that also depends, though, where the Colts finish up and how high is that draft pick or how low is that pick? Because right. if that pick is in the twenties and they're in the playoffs, then it's not that bad a deal. Nope. But if the pick is a higher pick, and at that point it's going to get them something a little bit better than now. I mean, and on top of that, Cleveland paid him his signing bonuses and everything else, yeah. so he's making out money wise. And Cleveland's losing. He's making out. Oh yeah, he also right. has and like a to the fourteen and the million dollars. The Colts, you know, they get that free, basically. Yeah, and he he had a pretty significant signing bonus, something upwards of. Uh, I know it was over thirteen million dollars. That. That the Browns had to pay him, I guess, and then and now you know the Colts get away with it. So who knows? I don't know what his contract looks like otherwise. So what it is that the Colts have taken on monetarily, but he's a young back, you know, twenty two. In theory, he's got years ahead of him if he can stay healthy. And I think the Colts won in the trade. Don't get me wrong. I think the trade serviced them better. I'm just saying. I think the cost, like not the the financial cost, the money cost to Trent because. Cleveland played most of that anyway, and they're just going to pick up his contract. Right. But I'm talking about, like, even if they do get into the playoffs, you know, or something like that, and I don't see them being a contender right now Super Bowl-wise, and what if, you know, let's see what their need becomes next year and where that pick falls and who they could have got. Like, if they need a D-end or they need, you know, whatever the case may be. That's true. Maybe they don't want to waste... They don't want to spend their their top picks next year on a running back, right? Say so they can't trade him then. <laughs> yeah, I think it's be still hard to weird trade getting a trade during the season. Where yeah. do the Colts sit right now? Are they one and one? Yep. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they're one and one. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I mean, their season still it could but go the anywhere. AFC is so weak that they, they got a legitimate That's shot. True. Like Ted said, I think they're going to finish with a with a low draft around the twenty, and then. Trent Richardson becomes a self fulfilling prophecy because by having him, there's a better chance they're going to finish there, and so it kind of comes full circle and so i guess it's one of those wait and see as usual everyone overreacts initially to say oh disaster what were they thinking i'm actually more worried about what you know, cleveland's going to be able to do you know i know you guys yeah. are talking about it when i'm running through the city about what they're going to be able to do with it the, they play it right they've got themselves set up well to, absolutely to, to, get, to get themselves a quarterback because yeah. because they're going to have their own fairly high pick i think so and, and there are a number of quarterbacks coming out i wouldn't say that it's a great class and of course Johnny Football himself will be among them, but I don't know that that's a risk anyone's willing to take. Some, mm, some not that high. Well, no, absolutely not. There, one ranking we were looking at had him at something like forty-two, forty-second overall, and a lot of GMs are coming out now and saying, "I wouldn't even take him that high. He'll probably fall further because they don't want to deal with his potential off-the-field issues." I mean, little as hell. He's small. I mean, he's five eleven. That's short yeah. in this league, mm-hmm. in today's league. But he balled out on Alabama, though. Say what you want. I mean, he, he he does tempt you. You definitely want to get him in that little, you know, if I could have him, you know, two for one, a fourth, fifth round, third, fourth round. You, you love him. You got to give him a shot. He is fun to watch. He is fun to watch. That's true. I guess you just have to wait and see how far he falls and who's willing to take the risk. Yeah. 
or how much of a troublemaker he continues to be. Well, there's that too. You've got we've got a lot of season left to watch and see. Can he keep up the performance at this level, and and can he stay out of trouble? Because that second part is going to be a big factor mm-hmm. for sure. And if you get someone with this, that's got a pretty solid O line in place, maybe you know you work around the height a little. Yeah. I, that's hard I mean, though. Five eleven is five eleven is. He's always up on his trippy toes. But he can throw that rock though. Drew, Drew Brees yeah, is a sniper Absolutely. back there. He is a special, special yeah. quarterback. He can put quick, in your, he can put in your pocket. That's he's the key. Great. He's got a really quick release. It's hard. It's hard not to like Drew Brees. I mean, you know, for so many years, nobody wanted to believe in him, and then he gets the chance. And and look at what he's done. I mean, you're talking, you know, first round Hall of Famer here. It's pretty amazing. Oh, he's six foot even. Six foot. So they I'm say. telling you, that that's, makes that's, that's I think that's rounding up. He's got, some, he's got some Tom Cruise lifts in his cleats. Yeah, <laughs> he's not six foot. <laughs> no, he's definitely not six feet tall. Well, sticking in the AFC, your team, Lou, made some news this week welcoming a new baby boy into the Flacco family. I got my text right as uh, right as the pregame ceremonies were going on. <laughs> oh, yeah, Joe oh, yeah, was that, like, that was a- hey, hey, I'm in the tunnel, but uh, I wanted to let you know, Lou. <laughs> I wanted you to be the first to know. No, but is that really the Flacco Center family. alert update worthy? Well, it wasn't so much that he had, that the, the son was born, but that Joe Flacco wasn't there for it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That was the story that he yeah, was playing but the game. Yeah, but they couldn't win. They, I, mean, I don't think they won anyway. They, they won. They yes, won, right? won. But they couldn't win without him. <laughs> No, if he no went, if, if he would have went to go see the birth of his child, y'all have an L. Risk going over to no, no faith in Tyrod Taylor. No faith. No, no, I, I like Tyrod Taylor, but he's, no, he's, I'm gonna say no. He's high risk, high reward. <laughs> uh uh-uh. He's not consistent. He's yeah, just no. not consistent. That's the problem. No, you know, he's, he's talented but not consistent. Plus, he does not have the flow and tempo of that offense like no, Joe does. He does. Joe does big things for them. Yeah, man. He can play some basketball. Who no question asked? Tyrod Taylor. Uh, I have no idea about that. But that's not what he's getting paid to yeah, play. I'm just saying, he was the best basketball player on the team. He's in the wrong spot the then, you know. He's the best basketball player on the team. So I've, was there know. a basketball game? How <laughs> right. do you know How that? Know that Luke? Have the, you the, played the with that? Random stuff. Torrey has an annual, Torrey Smith has an annual charity basketball, Redskins versus Ravens charity basketball Oh, game. yeah, that's right. And, uh, I forgot about know, them. I, I got the you know front row seat there at the bench of those guys, and so I hung out with those guys when they played. That's when I got to say goodbye to Anquan. But they, uh, but no, he's just coming in name dropping today. He's like, Oh, yeah, Tori. And and I'm not sitting close enough, but can you, um, like brush some dirt off his shoulders for him, you know? Or, uh, hey, I miss him. But anyhow, you're right, Katie. The story is the fact that, especially for that Niners, that you're, you know, that he's not, to some people, it's a big story. Some people, it's not that he played the game as opposed to being up in, up in, you know, with his wife in, in Philly and, yeah, you go side. priorities, baby. Is that where they live? She was in Philly. She'll, he'll have that kid forever. You, you know, can see him tomorrow. No, yeah. uh, I don't know if she. Will, you know, <laughs> she's back. Quite frankly, but she's back. That's where his family's from. So I don't know where it was. Okay, so quick round robin. Trey, do you play or do you go to the hospital? If I'm Joe Flacco, or if I'm Trey playing, mm, I, what would Trey I guess do? in this case, I think you can answer as both. What would Trey do? I mean, in both his ways, I'm playing. See, I'm playing. Oh. But um, most especially if you're Joe Flacco. I think if, if I'm Joe Look, Flacco, I, I'm a greater asset to my team than I was as a guard at him at the quarterback position. Absolutely. Trying to salvage the season. He can't rap like you. you know, no, he can't. No one can, I'm saying. <laughs> but um, I think The he, eyebrow gets in the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the uniform. <laughs> he, he is such a commanding presence in, their, in terms of their organization that I think the team would let down without him. And I think, truthfully... Defensively, I think the Ravens got better 
this year, in my opinion. They got younger. Interesting. Because Ray, Ray Lewis, love Ray, good dude. He old as hell, looked bad in the Super Bowl. Ed Reed, time heard for up. some fresh blood. It's time for I some agree. fresh blood. And they got younger, better, they got we're faster. We're a better talent defense, but not better leadership. But that'll come with All right, Lou, what do you do? You go to the hospital, you play in the game. I have a unique perspective. And, you know, Joe Flacco signed a, what some, to some people was a controversial $120 million, since been passed uh, salary. When you have that much pressure on you, to, to do something, $120 million. I mean, the fans and people are relying well, on and, and a lot of people have brought that up, that he got a big contract, and that when you get that big contract, you're expected you to show, show up. up and play. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But me me personally, I have you know a special take on that because I have a very unique situation. I mean, my daughter's birth was one of the most exciting days of my life and probably the most tragic day of my life. So it, something can go wrong, and it did go wrong in my case. I mean, we were on the way to, to the hospital to have it delivered, have my daughter delivered when a car crashed into us and so that was probably the most traumatic day of my life two days because uh, and that's when you want to be there yeah I mean that, that's the only thing I say just is for that, the you know, what if the, the what you if. never I know mean, what could happen I, I don't blame Joe at all in fact I don't know what I would do in that situation I just know because of my unique situation let's say he's there and suddenly he gets the word that something complication is happening right. I don't. I don't think he could play. You know that. those communication channels to, are unlocked. He wouldn't down. be able to yeah. focus in a huddle. Who's going to tell him that? Nobody's going to tell him that. Nobody's going to tell him that. And they're He'll certainly not going to tell him at halftime. Oh, that's a heck of an ethical question. So, so you that's sit there the and you know, your, your, your child is having. You know, if, if I'm going to ask him not I'm to go, I guess he'll have his mind on the game. Yeah, communication blackout at that yeah. point. Oh, we didn't get it, Joe. Sorry, I know. We pissed off afterwards. No service. Right, no service. I only got a ball. Yay, nay, what do you do? I know you don't have any kids yet. No, you got to play. You got to play. And you play. It's your paycheck. husband. He should you play. tell him to play? I'm if he's with making that yeah. much money yeah. a year, he should And play. you're the first female quarterback in the NFL, and you got a chance to... You know. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she's playing in that yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. No. I don't think that's physically possible. Yeah. Not <laughs> that, That's a little dangerous, but I, I think we're all in agreement here that at least in Joe Flacco's case, yeah. we support the decision. You got to play. It's and was it team. his first kid? No, it was the second kid. Yeah, yeah, I've seen four of my kids be well, born actually, he after got the first one. The, the one article <laughs> you know. that you know he got well supported for doing it. For yeah, but playing. then for for the rest of his life, the kid's like, well, because I was number two, he didn't really care enough to come. And no, <laughs> I'm kidding. The kids can have I a, think you do. You go. You're he the can quarterback. Afford Twenty million dollars. He can afford child psychology. Exactly. <laughs> They'll uh, send him to a good analog. shrink. All right, on that note, we're going to take a quick break. If you want to join in at any point, we've got lots more to talk about. More NFL, college football, baseball, all coming up. 855-311-2224. We're here on the other side of sports, at Other Side RDM on Twitter. From the NFLPA headquarters in our nation's capital, this is a Rock Deep Media production. Mike, what is your deal, oh, man? Oh, come on, man. You've been riding me all day. Mike, you're playing like Betty White out there. That's not what your girlfriend said. Oh, baby. Oh, 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 Eat Better? That hurt. You're not you when you're hungry. Snickers satisfies. Hey, isn't that the girl who tore out your still beating heart? Oh, being a vegan is really working out for her. Okay, how's this gonna play? Mi amor. Oh, come on, G. Try manly. Girls dig that. No, uh, think smooth, but animal. Like a werewolf in finance. Diversify! Okay, don't sweat it. Just do your thing. Do your thing. Hey. Hey. Boom. Definitely a little bit epic. 
subscribe. How to advertise effectively on the radio. First, get their attention. Hey! Next, mention the product's name. Cabin Sharp Cheddar! Use repetition. Cabin Sharp Cheddar! Cabin Sharp Cheddar! Cabin Sharp Cheddar! Sound believable. Oh, Cabin Sharp Cheddar! Cabin Sharp Cheddar! Cabin Sharp Cheddar! Or use in a catchy jingle. Cabin Sharp Cheddar! La 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 la. Throw in a subliminal message. Bye! Sexy. Cabin! Sexy. Sharp! Naked cows. Cheddar! And or bowls. Or a testimonial. I Lakay Cabin Sharp Cheddar because. No, that's like. I like Cabin Sharp. You mean all these years I've been saying Lakay? Tell them where they can buy it. Your grocer's dairy section. Where you buy cheese. Followed by the phone number. Not applicable. Insert a sound effect for emphasis. Wow, that cabot cheddar is wicked sharp. And if all fails, bribe the listening audience. Buy cabot sharp cheddar and win a billion dollars. With a disclaimer. Not available in all areas. So when you put it all together, people will know if you like extra sharp cheddar, you'll love cabot all natural sharp cheddar. From the NFLPA headquarters in our nation's capital, this is a Rock Deep Media production. Kiss me hard before you go Summertime silence I just wanted you to know That baby, you're the best I got my red dress. Happy Thursday, everybody, and welcome back here on the other side of sports. We are with you all the way up until 9 o'clock. We appreciate everyone out there who's listening, and uh, even if they're too scared to call in, 855-311-2224, we do have a few who like to chime in on Twitter, at OtherSideRDM, and via text to uh, some of the people in the room here. I'm Katie Garrett. I'm with Trey Johnson, Ann Hussey, Lou Brooks, and Ted is with us on the boards tonight. And it turns out that 5'11", while it is still short for a quarterback, we've got one very big-name quarterback in the NFL right now who's just shy of 5'11", one Mr. Russell Wilson. And what was the number? Well, he's actually 5'11 and 5'8". Okay, not 5'10 and 5'8". No, 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 5'11 and 5'8". Yeah, so he's right Just right up there. shy of six feet. Yeah. Depends on how he combs his hair. Right, exactly. Sure. And if he's got the lifts in his cleats, too. And and hey, so I guess it's certainly possible, and no one's saying that it isn't, but Russell Wilson's a little bit of a different animal than Johnny Manziel. He's fast as hell. He's way faster than Johnny, no and question. And he has a cannon. Of an arm. He can throw that rock, and he reads And he doesn't well. have any off-the-field drama. Great poise. Not so far. Very good point. No, he's someone who comes out, and, and for the most part, unlike some of the Seattle fans, tends to behave like a class act. I mean, I've I've never seen much from Russell Wilson that makes me think otherwise. I don't know. He his coach, himself. on the other hand. He's a lot like RG3 with his way he presents himself. In my yeah. Opinion. What's wrong with his coach? Pete Carroll? What's wrong with Pete Carroll? Oh. He's a little flamboyant. He's a tiger. He is. He's a, just a little flamboyant. He's very angry. <laughs> he has a Which very loose mouth. I mean, he'll just come out and say anything. Him and his arch rival in the, in the 49ers, uh, you know, Jim Harbaugh, they're, they're similar Hotheads. Yeah. Both of them. Very, very hotheads. I would like to see them in a cage match. Well, they beat the 49ers like they stole Yeah, they something. did. So I guess you can determine who was more effective in terms of motivating their people because they smashed The rematch 49ers. is going to be great ratings. I want to watch that. Yeah, I don't know. They, the 49ers need to show up. They got crushed. I think they will the second game. 
Well, I, I mean, Seattle's notorious for a couple things. Um, most re- you, the newer element of Pete Carroll's temper since he's been there, their new quarterback. This the sound in that stadium. It is it is the loudest stadium in the NFL. And just this just season, was it the first game or the second game? They broke a Guinness World Record mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for crowd That's noise nice. at any one event. That is how loud it is in there. Amazing. I, I don't even know how players play there. And I know when the Redskins go, the players come back and they say, I mean, you, you, they've never played anywhere where it's that loud. And, and as hard as you're trying to focus, it's really difficult to not let it be somewhat of a distraction. It's not a distraction if you're beating them. That's true. Shuts but all for the up. Redskins, we don't have Man. a very good track record of going out there and beating okay, them. The Saints so. don't either. So. <laughs> I mean, the noise, it really becomes the 12th man. It really, it, it, it's another element of playing the Seahawks that you have to prepare for. No, yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I haven't. We played out there in '02, beat them, and didn't have any problems with time. it. But that, that was a long time. That, that was years, years ago. You know Trey, I mean? was that the old stadium though? No, it was the first. It's like when it was, was it the, the first year. It was like the first or second year of the new joint because they had the new turf and all everything that was we take for granted now. Us older guys, you know, it was all it was brand spanking new then and uh, gave them the business. Yeah, I was there in 2008, and it was deafening. I mean, I couldn't hear the person sitting beside me talking to me at all. That's going to be exhausting. You walk out of there, and you're already screaming the whole game. I mean, after Monday night, I for like Bring three days plug. was um, a little bit hoarse <laughs> after screaming at the game. So then if you're trying to scream over it and scream at the person next to you, just it's a lot of, a lot of energy. I don't understand how the Seattle fans can do that and still be troublemakers. Because I have heard, and and being in the NFC East here in D.C. and Redskins fans and stuff, we all sort of send most of our hatred towards Philly and their fans and, and their bad behavior having for a long time, I think the jail's now closed, but for a long time having been the only stadium in the NFL that actually had a magistrate in the stadium <laughs> to book people on site. But people say that going to Seattle is worse than going to Philly just by the way that they treat opposing fans. See, I didn't know that. I didn't realize no. they were that mean. One of the theories that I heard... can't be worse than Oakland. I've, I've heard that it is among the worst. I don't know that I've talked to someone who's been to Oakland both Oakland. Oakland throws stuff at you. The, uh, Oakland got to be the worst. Well, it sounds like or Cleveland's Philly. pretty bad if they're throwing batteries at But they're doing that at the, the oppo- opposing, team, opposing team, not necessarily the opposing yeah, fans. They're not fighting in the stands. I think yeah, it's better. Seattle gets so rowdy that they've now, they're now putting undercover cops in opposing teams jerseys and like sending entrapment. them out into the sand yeah. into the stand. That seems like entrapment. Why are you going to spark it like that? It's not entrapment. Yeah, that is bait. It's, well, it's, yeah. it's bait and it's entrapment if the police were then out there starting the talk, starting the smack talk. And do how do you know they're not starting the talk? Oh, I don't know. Do I, I would do imagine that they're not willing to do on their own volition. That's I would imagine. Well, had they known, had they not known that they were, uh, un, you know, if they didn't wear the jerseys. They wouldn't necessarily be de- described as being fans, and they wouldn't have went at them like that. So there you go. There you go. Th- did that fit your definition, Lou? No, because it's all in how <laughs> how then they're going to react. Because in theory, these policemen are not turning around and reacting the same way that a, a typical fan might, or at least not with the veracity that a typical fan might. They're less likely to let it get as out of hand, and I think they're I just think trying to, to see... discover it and stop it. Right. How, yeah, how bad people are being treated. And Ted, I know you've been to games... Or at least a game yeah, in Seattle. I've been to 20 out of the 32 NFL stadiums. I mean, I used to travel a lot and go to a lot of Skins games. And the thing is, being at their stadium, you just don't turn around and pay attention to them when they're heckling you or yelling at you because that's exactly what they want. Yeah. Now, I was How in do they Seattle. know 
you are, you are a Redskins fan because I wear my gear. You're oh. not stopping me from wearing oh. my gear. I don't care You're if I'm in Philly guy. or Oakland. You think he's going to go in? I and wore just Ravens like jersey black, in Pittsburgh. You know. But going to wear a neutral slate? No way. When we were in Seattle back in 2008, we actually did a charity tailgate for Sean Taylor after he passed away. We had Mama Portis there, a lot of the players' families out there. We had a couple signs. They threw chicken wings at us, beer bottles at us. One of the guys actually got locked, and one of the women got locked in the Porta John with a zip tie. When the game was done, what? oh yeah, when the game <laughs> That's was one of my over, worst fears. They actually smashed beer bottles underneath everybody's cars and ketchup and mustard all over the windshields. The Washington Post actually did an article about it after the game, and the Seahawks offered to bring us back there because we played them in 2008 again that next season. I didn't take them up on it. That place is, in my book, almost as bad as Dallas. What are they doing nothing's Dallas? worse than Dallas. One of the interesting theories Well, nothing's worse than Dallas. You just have to remember from Trace, uh, from Ted's perspective that nothing is worse than Dallas. Oh, even not even the, if they treated him like royalty. Yeah, I never heard nothing jump off in Dallas. That's, I mean, Dallas just, that's, that's just nice. Jeopardy final answer for everything. Nothing's worse than Dallas. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, when in Dallas, you don't know the answer. He's just consistent. Yeah. But one of the theories behind it, which is interesting, is why that they're why they're so loud. Not so I never really heard it for the rowdy part, but why they're so rabid in general. Is because if you think about it, it's all the, that damn coffee. No, it's the most. Isolated <laughs> <laughs> They're all hopped up on Starbucks. Yeah, it's the, it's it's the most one. isolated NFL city in the nation. Other than Green Bay? Yes, Green yeah, Bay well, has Green Bay has a lot closer to Minnesota. Chicago. Oh, yeah, I'm talking about Chicago. like. Have you ever been to that stadium? No, no, I don't mean isolated. isolated. There's nothing around. Well, that place. I understand that. I mean, Least Seattle's a city, but no, in terms but of proximity to other, to the teams. next NFL team. Oh, so oh, everybody oh. comes from. You know, all of Oregon, Northern California, you have all the way to San Francisco. That's a long Probably way. All the Canadians, too. All the Canadians, Alaska, people in Alaska. I go to Alaska regularly. They all root for the Seattle Seahawks up there. And they're coming to games? They may, on a special trip, come down to a game once a year, twice a year. And Absolutely. That's why, and where are we saying this is why they're yelling? And, well, that, because they don't have to put, put up with any other fan base on a regular basis. We're here in D.C. We've got to put up with everybody. Right. We've got, I, I have finally discovered, because people will ask, is there such a thing as a Redskins bar? It's D.C. You would think you can go anywhere. And I'm like, no, the thing is, you go in D.C. and you've got Steelers bars and Bengals bars. And you can find a bar for almost any team. It's hard to find one for the Redskins. And there's one in my neighborhood, actually, called Lou's, um, where I watch a lot Must of games and I'm in there. No, it's, it's like the greatest place on earth. They have televisions everywhere. They have a giant TV. They have outside TVs. Have to check it out. It's... Yeah. I would say that I moved to where I live because it's right there, but it actually opened after. There was not a, a an iota of information about the Cowboys game on Sunday when the Redskins were playing. There was not one TV playing the Cowboys. They have everybody else's games on, but they weren't playing the Cowboys. And I was like, well, that, if nothing, that's a Redskins bar. Just Ted on that bar right <laughs> Ted does not. And he hasn't come there for, for a Redskins game yet, but he has been there for some other events. So... But the point is, is that we have to endure everybody else's fans. Even, I mean, Baltimore is an hour away. You look at other teams, you know, New York has three teams in the state. And you look at these other teams and within relatively close proximity, you've got another NFL fan base that you're going to bump into geographically. Plus we're The closest to Seattle is what? San Francisco? Yeah, that's that's half the, that's like driving from here to Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. it's not very And close. you'll hit like five over. teams between here and there if you want to So you're Atlanta. right. You go out into all the suburbs. You go into Oregon. You go all around there. You're not going to run into a lot of jerseys from other teams because it's not a transient area. Where D.C. is a transient area. So as Ted would regretly, re- regretfully agree, there's a lot of Cowboys fans around here. 
Uh, yeah, no and there's, kidding. There's, fans, there's a ton of Steelers fans, so you do have to learn to kind of get along and have a playful uh, banter. <laughs> there used to be in the parking garage I parked in at work a car that I would see every Friday that came in waving its Dallas flags with a giant blue star on the side of it, and you know they were they had local license plates and. Every time I wanted to see how much I could pay the parking attendants to just make it disappear <laughs> or deliver it to them with four flat tires at the end of the day. That's harsh. I know. I never asked, but. I mean, we well, do that. come on. It's DC. That's true. We do the big tailgate at FedEx, and you have to walk past me down one of the major arteries That's to get in. Gauntlet. And I oh, actually yeah. have a map of Texas. And on that map, it says at the top, do you even know where Dallas is? And we quiz them when they walk by. And maybe one out of every hundred actually can pinpoint where Dallas is on that map. But I'm going to tell you this. Now, this may be a little hard for you Redskins loyalists to take. I have a little co- I have a cousin who lives down here from this area, not originally, but moved down here as a young child. And, like, uh, his father and, and some of the relatives, like, I asked him, like, why are y'all such Dallas Cowboy fans? And his grandfather was like, because back in the day, the Redskins didn't have no black players. So... And and he was adamant about it. So you wouldn't cheer for the Redskins if you were here in one of the brothers because you can't find anybody that looks like you with all these great players. So they all became Dallas Cowboy fans. I found that out maybe my second or third year in the league. You know, I'm I'm on the squad. Where's the love? Like, yeah, I love you, Big Trey. Fam, you good. But, you know, I got to wear my stars and my blue. And they go through all this stuff. And it was because, you know... The, the the reputation of uh, what was the guy George uh, George Preston Marshall George Preston Marshall I I know Bobby Mitchell real well and he'll tell you you know it's a lot that went on I think from a social standpoint which is why you have in in Chocolate City DC why you have so many Dallas Cowboy fans at least in certain areas and why and, and it's just been passed down and passed down with that being the rationale well I can respect picking another team for that reason. But Dallas is like Notre Dame. They on TV all the damn well, time. Well, especially, you know? especially back and in the Tony Dorsett was rocking. I mean, you know, back when I was a kid, Tony Stallback, D. Dorsett. Stallback. You had it was it was you know they were the doing Tuesday defense, right? Them or Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh was another team. Why well, in this area? The last, the last, the last punter slash quarterback. You know, Danny There's White. a ton yeah. of Pittsburgh fans in this right. area. Right, and, and it's another reason why because of that. That you know, I, I don't think a lot of people in this area either know or want to you know want to remember. You know, but it's been he's been handed down like Redskins season tickets. Like, yo, don't mess with the Redskins because, right? You know, they were the what they were the last team in the league to uh, have an African American player. We were in fact the last. Yeah, team we were the last. Yeah, and 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 he, had, and he was doing crazy stuff, right? Pe- yeah. Dressing up people in blackface and all that's well known. At least in <laughs> what is the African American community? He did. He did here. it as entertainment. As entertainment, so they're like, yeah, I, I, I'm good. Do any of you, you know? guys watch Mad Men? Because every no. time we talk about this story about George mm-hmm. Preston Marshall, it makes me think of there's an episode where Roger Sterling, who's one of the big wigs at the ad agency, does this song and dance for his soon-to-be new bride, who, of course, is you know 40 years younger than he is or something, and he dresses up in blackface to perform the song. And I just, every time we bring up George, because that is from the stories that I read right. about the man, that is exactly the type of thing so, that he know. would do that he found as entertaining. And, and people bring that up and throw it back at the Redskins when you talk about the name and saying that where it came from wasn't even from a, a positive place because it was coming from a man who, who was known to be such a racist. Yeah, I mean, you know, some, some things are bigger than football, you know. Yeah. Loyalties are, are attached. Remember, you know, Marge shot. There's all kinds of interesting history. Yeah. I mean, 
Right. You know, so I, I think everybody, you know, for our listeners or listener or whoever, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> we need to make sure they're aware that the population here is, is a little more socially conscious for their rationale for being Dallas Cowboy fans and just liking the colors. Hey, and if you've got a rationale behind it, it's the same thing as being a Yankees fan in my book. If you have a reason for it, Yankees, baby. it's better. No, if you have a birth <laughs> certificate, <laughs> yeah. that's fine. The, that you were born in the Dallas Harlem, New York area. Yeah. At least New York Yankees. <laughs> That's all right, though. You've got a New York background. That's right. cool. You were the born Mecca. in, you know, Warrenton. Can you not see my glow, Yankees my New fan. York glow, my aura? Can you not see it? <laughs> Wearing your Yankees blue. Yeah, so right. You've got to get you some pinstripes. You're going to break into start spreading the news? That's not quite no, right. You might have to have a pinstripe really. theme to your superhero outfit. Yeah, I, I would rock a pinstripe theme. There you go. You know, I, I like it. Made me look a little chubby, so I have to do a little something else. But no, they are slimming. Are they they're slimming? vertical You're right. Like the vertical joints. I it's like the horizontals. It. Yeah, I'm going to rock my suitcase right. <laughs> okay, we have a quick break here on the other side of sports. We will be back with you in just a few short minutes. If you want to give us a call when we return, 855-311-2224. Presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Mr. Fancy Coffee Shop Coffee Pour. Mr. Fancy Coffee Shop Coffee Pour. What do you do with a master's degree in art history? You get a nose ring and pour coffee for a living. Pour it on now. Why is it called a latte? Maybe because it costs a latte, and it takes a latte time to make. A whole lot of latte. Someone ordered a cappuccino? Step aside. Let the man who works the milk farmer take over. Step aside. Sure, you charge five bucks for a cup of coffee. It's putting that tip jar out that takes real guts. Yeah. So crack open an ice cold Bud Light, guru of the ground roast. It's not the caffeine that gives us the buzz. It's you. Mr. Fancy Coffee Shop Coffee Bud Light Beer at Isabeau, St. Louis, Missouri. And now, in four simple steps, how to ride Nitro at Six Flags Great Adventure. Step one, put on fresh, clean underwear. Step two, go to Six Flags Great Adventure. Step three, ride Nitro. The all-new Super Thrill Coaster, a ten-story flight into a full mile of adrenaline rush, negative G, white knuckle, rip the skin off your face, run! And step four... Repeat step one. Nitro. New at Six Flags Great Adventure. Open daily from 10 to 10. From the NFLPA headquarters in our nation's capital, this is a Rock Deep Media production. Cowboys ain't easy to love and they're harder to hold. 
They'd rather give you a song than diamonds or gold. Long star belt buckles and old faded Levi's, and each night begins a new day. If you don't understand him, he don't die young. He'll probably just ride away. Oh, I heard this. Oh yeah. Come on, everyone's got to so heard this one. Yeah, yeah, it took a minute. It took a minute. Uh, Trey's like, what? we don't usually play this kind of yeah, music. We all over the, the we all over the spectrum tonight. Ted is feeling it. He's giving us everything he has. Well, it's my got, ringtone. He's got to be an anthem during the. Is it really? No, it used to be. Yeah. Maybe only on Sunday. We have a special Sunday. Oh, during Cowboy Week, two I'm times su- a year. I'm surprised there hasn't been special talks, uh, you know, to produce a show called "I Hate the Cowboys." Thought about it, but since we're in the PA, I get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, that's what I figured. <laughs> we got to stay a little bit neutral here, given we're the NFL Player Association headquarters. Yeah, we can't play favorites too much, I guess. But we have a variety here. That's but right. We're represented. Yeah. Just it's no Cowboys fans. I'm not going to say that that was on purpose, but I just thought of it. if you had to choose all you guys, if you had to choose taking away any geographic connection or anything, or or because of any player, just remove the players. So the teams are generic. They don't represent any single player, but just a, an organization to pick as your team. If you were like, you just moved to America and you wanted to pick a team, who would you pr- Is there anybody you'd pick? The Packers. That's who I was going to say, the Packers. And I was going to say why. And that's really painful to say after. The reason last why I'd say the Packers is just I think it's so cool that they're owned municipally. I right. just think that's so cool. And that you can actually buy as a fan, you can buy a share of stock in the team. I just think that's kind of cool. They have a, a beautiful long history. I really like a lot of the players that have been there over the year I think there's a certain level of class that comes with the team that really represents some of the core values of what the NFL is about and you're not as someone could say you're going and picking a front runner but you're you're also picking everything that comes with that team because you're not coming in in 2013 and saying I'm going to choose the 49ers because of what they've just done or I'm going to choose the Seahawks because of Russell Wilson you're not coming in and picking them which is why we so often here give Yankees not try Yankees fans and Cowboys fans crap is because those are the reasons that a lot of fans have chosen them as their teams because they wanted the winningest team. Now, did you say or something. sports teams or it has to be football team? I was just thinking about football for the moment. Oh, it could, be any, it could okay. be any sports team, but I was just thinking about football. I mean, I, I, I agree with Katie. I just thought that the uniqueness of the fact that they're municipally owned, that they're a small market with a large tradition, and it just has a, a really cool, it's almost quasi-college football-like in, in its atmosphere. I just think it's cool. Huh. And? Honestly, I would probably say the Steelers, which I don't Ooh. like to say, but they're what? Aren't they the winningest? Haven't they won the most Super Bowls? Six. Yep. Well, and you could honestly, I don't like the Steelers. You could say similar things about the Steelers that you can say about the Packers. Yeah. Except for their cor- current quarterback. If you mm-hmm. remove him from the history of the Steelers, <laughs> you can keep his rings, just remove his reputation. Yeah. No, and their owners had a, a major mark on the NFL, too. Absolutely. And I, I have a lot of respect for their current coach. I mean, this is completely outside of any players, any anything, because, I mean, obviously I'm a Saints fan no matter well, what, yes. <laughs> but Steelers, I don't know, just historically. Trey? What about you? He's we, like, I don't know, do it, I have does, to? Does it have to be football? No, pick another Stay sport. Oh, I'm, I'm picking really? Venus and Serena Williams and Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> right away. 
It has, they it has have no flaw. He's got to go back to the ladies. I, I mean, one, they're beautiful. Two, they whoop everybody. When you get on the yeah, court, they there's a whooping, and they bring the flavor. I, I would not even watch tennis if they didn't exist. And they really kind of help transform, reinvigorate, certainly, women's ten- tennis for a new generation. I mean, they, they've left a mark. Yeah, I'm going with the, the Williams sisters. Mm, I like That's it. That's not even a team, though. It isn't, is. Isn't it when it's they play people. double? It's two people. Exactly. All right. There's there was a team tennis league for a while. Didn't do there is no. It's still here. We it's have, still going. Yeah, we yeah. have a team. Right. We're oh, the reigning world champion. Yeah. Yeah. It's win one of the only championships we win. Well, I went to that. Yeah. It was right downtown. They built it in the yeah, middle the of the city. Yeah, yeah. I, I checked that back. I, I, I thought it went under. I'm sorry. No, it used to be on the site of what is now about to be open city center downtown, and and then they've started playing down in Southwest the waterfront, and so they've got this great little pop up stadium there. And the unfortunate part is that they play. In July, when it's, it's like ooh, nine thousand degrees out, there, even though you're on the water, it yeah. is so unbearably it's hard hot. to get people's attention. Outdoor tennis, but you get big name stars. I mean, John McEnroe comes and play. I think he plays for the New York team. The Williams sisters come and play. You've got yeah, you've that. got the big, of course, did. named yes. players that'll come and contribute to it. So, so yeah. did your it's daughter choose that, or did you? Well, my daughter actually got the free. We got pictures with Serena with the tennis racket and everything like that. But yes, I, I it was actually that's awesome. Yeah, so you actually uh, got to meet her. I got to meet her. But I met her before. I met her uh, back in 2000. Sorry, I forgot what a baller you are. I am, I am a hell of a baller, too. But but, but um, but that's not the end of the point. But they were it's at the same time. a little on the DL. Right? He doesn't like to, you know, he doesn't right, throw right. it out there I all the throw time. throw it out there, you know. See, I know what I'm going to do. If I'm ever playing Trey in poker and I want to distract him, I'm just going to hold up pictures of the women's <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just have no I mean, conscience. No, just, I'll do you the just on the back of your playing right. cards, you just have pretty women. I would be thoroughly exactly. distracted. And then he wouldn't be able to, you'd win every hand. You'd win every hand. And World champions win. again. The See, that Castles. is there we go. one, two, three. They have four titles. Who are these people? Three of them consecutive. Th- these are the Washington ca- Castles that we have up on the screen right here. Castles of the um, the, the tall, bald man on the left is their coach. Uh, there was a gentleman in the red hat, Mark Ein, who's actually the owner of the team. He owns Castle, the Castle Security System, and that's where the team gets its name. That's amazing. Mm. Pull up a picture of Serena Williams, Ted. Let's get into some real stuff. <laughs> who are these people? You know what I mean? these like, are the, those are the people who play on the Castle's yeah, team. So. Yeah, nice and all, but they, yeah. they don't have that effect. Look at this. Look at I this, don't look think look their right fans here. have to worry about undercover police. No, no, right here, where it says No, deuce. I think you're right. Uh, tennis fans don't tend oh to be quite as unruly. Just the players. Right there. <laughs> New York <laughs> Times Magazine dudes. Look at that. Who's going to beat them? Was it true that LaVar was dating one of them? I'm not going to put LA's business in the street. <laughs> I can't oh. do the LA family. That's my man. I'm not going to put his business in the street. But we all met each other at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all we're going to say. That's all we're going to say. It's all I have to say about that. All right, yeah, now, so Trey, if you had to choose, which one? I got to go Serena because I'm a thick man. I, I, like, right, the thick, I like the thick ladies. You might, you might he rarely Venus. mentions Venus by name. He'll say the w- I mean, Williams sisters, but it's yeah. almost always Serena. But she's attractive. Don't get me wrong. She has a regality to her beauty. To look a, she look a queen or something like that. Absolutely. But this Chuck here is so thick and fine. Oh, my. Look at that. <laughs> look at the abs, too. And she'll whoop you. Like I, I don't even have to fight smaller men. You know what I mean? Like, take care of that shit, honey. I'm shooting stuff like <laughs> You know what I mean? And she would beat them. Look at them. They got the look. I don't looks. know. She might look. take you at your age. Oh, I'm not fighting, though. I'm not fighting, though. <laughs> I'm, I'm she she can hold thing. her own. That's she can sure. hold her own. Look at her. Look at, look, at the, look at the triceps. Come on now. Well, so, Lou, what you're telling us is that the ATP hasn't had to enact any rules uh, about kicking their fan. What happens if their fans get kicked <laughs> right. out of the tennis stadium? It is interesting, you, though. You don't tend to see them yeah. get You can't get even call for the tennis match, right? It's still no, it's very it's silence, quiet. No, not world team tennis. No, world not team, world team. Yeah. You're right. World team tennis, there's cheering. They actually actively engage the crowd. It's a, dip, a different atmosphere than what you're used to in a Grand Slam where it's 
Hush. Well, there is the lady who got kicked out of the U.S. Open. I guess it was a couple. When was the U.S. Open? Two weeks ago. Yeah, there was videos of her on Deadspin or or something. Just like she started cussing out people in the crowd, and so people were complaining, and she was physically removed from from the area. I think it's an interesting sociological examination, experiment, whatever you call it, to look at the differences in sports. Whereas if Tiger Woods is on the 18th at the Masters and he's trying to make a putt, and somebody utters a word, they'll crucify that person, kick him out. But yet, if LeBron James is at the foul line with one second left in the seventh game of the NBA championship, and he's playing in an opposing stadium. They can be as raucous as possible. That's part of the gig, though. Like I know, but w- one sport, why, why, why shouldn't a golfer have to play with all the noise? True, I guess because the golf is for them snooty rich folks who want everything they weigh and they're entitled and they get to mess around on all that. It's damn not land. even bougie; it's a whole nother level. It's, oh, it's the it's the it costs a lot of money to go play golf. Folks. Yeah, they they bougie like you know. Could you please carry my bag and and let's walk you know and I get to get the card and don't talk while I'm in my swing and all like well, shut up punk and play golf. That's what should happen. I'm with you, Lou. You know, what I mean, you start throwing balls at them while they go. But it, it also tends to be the difference between a team sport and an an, an individual true. sport. So that there's an element of concentration going into it. That not that you're not concentrating on the field, but you're doing it in a way in football or baseball or anything else where you are interacting with other players at the same time. But actually, if you think about it, in baseball, they do the same thing. The crowd is quiet when actually the batter is at the plate. They don't and have they to don't allow people to enter the stands. So if you've gone to get concessions or something out in the concourse, right. you'll be stopped before you're allowed but to come I doubt into your seat because they don't want the distractions. walk off the mound and go oh. over and yell at a fan because he said something while he was trying to pitch. No, the, of course uh, not. What about boxing, though? That's an individual sport. But they it's yell, violent by nature, so of course there's yelling. I mean, but you you got people out there with, with golf with sticks and stuff. That's a more violent. interesting question. They're killing that ball. But they're not hitting each other with the sticks. <laughs> not all the time. But I'm <laughs> sure it goes down. Sometimes Tiger gets violent with his own clubs. Yeah, they breaking stuff, cussing. A more interesting question is, what sports besides tennis and golf is it the standard to be quiet? I'm trying to think of some others. Bowling. Chess, all that same genre <laughs> of sport. <laughs> That's why they bowling. don't televise those yeah. bowling. <laughs> regularly. Yeah, I don't think chess is a sport. I think, Bobby I, 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 I think you right. get a letter for it, though, don't you? In high There's school, a varsity letter for chess. Really? I know. So I, I think I, you got to give the nerds something, right? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> I, love, I guess so. I love nerds. They got to right. move the pieces. I mean, they doing something. <laughs> all the arm strength there. it takes. Yes. Social network, Facebook, Bill Gates. You get more of a workout. Yeah, they do. Love them. The nerds make out. So I don't know though. But I got nerds make out. Where did where did this conversation go? What about track meets? Track meets. A lot of individual events. But you're not quiet during. I mean, you can cheer during. That's what I'm saying. You're not like you're not you don't have to be quiet. You know, state. You are in a stadium atmosphere Mm -hmm. at that point. Still individual sport though. Yeah, but you. I can honestly say I don't know if. I mean, the I've golf cast tennis is a stadium. Me. I mean, the golf cast are damn spoiled. U.S. Open's a pretty big stadium. Yeah, up in Queens. Flushing Meadows. Yeah. yeah, that's a big stadium. I've been there. So prim- hell too. primarily it's golf and tennis. Yeah. I just so think it's right, fun it's, to it's have the a, rich people's sport. That's where you go. If you had a bunch of money, I would get a sponsor to sponsor a separate tournament where they have to players have to play through the cheering fans or jeering fans. Lou, if you get a bunch of money, we could do something else with that. We gotta go mess with this tennis. We can have a charity golf match. We could go out. One of the elements of what will differentiate our charity golf match from all of the other charity golf matches. We'd have music on the greens. We can be the rock and roll golf classic. Heckle the other team because, like each each component is a, represents their charity. So if you're in the audience representing charity A and they're playing against a player who stands for charity B, to wait, then you can 
you can, you know, get, get a cage name. of them old rubber dodgeballs <laughs> and, and, and have a whole other team of people trying to take out the golfers as they swing. <laughs> <laughs> this is like full contact there golf. You go. Yeah, <laughs> I don't understand. You got to focus. You get like he, he, well, he you get everyone uniforms count. and, and pads and, and helmets. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Because who wants to watch golf in his current state? Oh my god! Hey, some people love golf. It's a great Just way Luke. to fall asleep. Just talk to Luke, who does our golf. Tuesday night show. Luke loves deep. golf. Men's, women's, doesn't matter. Loves really? golf. Even watching it on television, which. That, to me, is a certain painful. I will watch the end of a Masters-level tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, I will watch whatever they put on SportsCenter to wrap it up. See, <laughs> I would watch what happened if they would let Trey do the color analysis. I would, do the, I would be great That'd at be that, It would be fantastic. Too. Instead of... We should just air mon- that live monotone. during the tournament, and I people would, can like, mute their televisions. I'd be good, right. be like, Trey's commentary. Yeah, like, Stepping this, up. So this lazy bastard who didn't carry his own clubs goes up to the hole. I would have loved to see. And he's taking his sweet damn time to swing and, and hit the every hole would have an introduction number that you would do. Yeah. A musical number. I, I, would, I would turn golf out. It would be too, it would be too much. But it, it, it would become too fly, and then you know everybody <laughs> had to do it. And then, you know, the, the clubs couldn't be as exclusive. But you'd be the original. I would be. Not only you that, support me. I'd but I am sure Trey would have a lot to say about some of the fashion choices that these guys make. I would. The this octopus would. pants. Mm-hmm. What is that about? The bright orange pants. One of the players this year, which tournament was that? That was in July. Um, came out and he was wearing baby blue p- pants that were covered in octopi. octopi. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, Small, tiny, all over the like pants, monogrammed, uh, uh, embroidered, embroidered—that's word, yes. He's Octopi all over his pants. Ren. That man. There you go, go right yeah. here. Oh, look at that! Look at that! Oh, maybe they're not embroidered. It's silk. It looks like pajamas. That man needs a hug and a like nap. He needs a hug and a nap. Maybe a warm glass of milk. And he has no <laughs> friends. They let him mat. go out there like that. He has no woman, no friends who said, "Baby, don't you go out there with these crazy ass octopi colored pants? What's wrong with you?" Some people love them though. Do they? Yeah. They got nothing else better to do than love this man with octopus. All well, over and him, look, man. you've got. Um, See, there's the irony. There's a sport where you have to be quiet, please. Quiet. Quiet. And it's you loud can wear as the pants. most flamboyant pants. Right. Yeah, but what about who was it that wore the orange jumpsuit? It's not Bubba, but it's um one of the other young players. So you've oh, got him here, and he may as well be in his you know straight out of the I don't remember where this tournament was being played, but you know the Atlanta Maximum Security Penitentiary down the street or something. What year is this? A, this is this summer, 2013. The orange dude, full mm-hmm. bright orange. He looks like head 1974 to toe. up in there with him. I mean, the plaid's pretty typical. You've seen loud pants. John Daly always, always wore loud pants. I like John pants. Daly because he's big. He's chubby. I, I pull for him. It's all the booze. And, 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 he, and he, cracks the, he cracks that ball. He hits that thing far. But yeah, I can only watch him like one or two times. I got to turn the channel. Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler. That's thank you. Name. He has that awesome commercial in SportsCenter right now. He's I wearing orange. It. It's really funny. Oh, how fitting. Well, now he's taken it and made it his own, so that's his own thing. Mm-hmm. Since you can't be loud on the golf course, you got to wear loud Me clothes. And you. I guess this is the lesson we learned. Mama mm-hmm. and, and see, mm-hmm. somehow we've even diverted into golf. We really just do cover everything here on the other side of sports. We are up against another break here. I'm Katie Garrett. I'm in studio with Trey Johnson and Hussey Lou Brooks, and we've got Tailgate Ted running the boards for us tonight. We're going to take a quick one, 855-311-2224. We will be back with you in a few. Back in the day when I was younger, hunger, looking to fill me belly with that rallies, bullshit. Push off like it was supposed to be pulled Full of the chick I was Stone like them white boys When them white girls before them got crumped From the NFLPA headquarters in our nation's capital This is a Rock Deep Media production
For over 75 years, people have saved money with... Oh, with Geico. Oh, sorry. Here what? we go, from the top, and action. For over 75 years, people have saved money with Gecko. So Cut it. What? What did I say? Gecko. I said Gecko. Oh. For over 75 years... <laughs> Keep it together. I'm good, I'm good. For over 70... <laughs> what are you doing there? Stop making me laugh. Geico. Saving people money for over 75 years. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. When you have cable and can't record all your shows, you feel unhappy. When you feel unhappy, you go to happy hour. When you go to happy hour, you're up for anything. When you're up for anything, you head to a Turkish bathhouse. When you head to a Turkish bathhouse, you meet Charlie Sheen. And when you meet Charlie Sheen, you reenact scenes from Platoon with Charlie Sheen. Don't reenact scenes from Platoon with Charlie Sheen. Get rid of cable and upgrade to DirecTV. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Now you can play our Name That Theme Song Challenge. Just listen to these songs and identify the TV shows they come from. Number one. Two. And three. Sweet Valley, sweet now, if you can name one or two, you know your TV. If you can name all three, you probably need to get off the couch and get outside. Run, jump, blade, dribble, spike, get up, get out. A public service message brought to you by the President's Council on Physical Fitness and Sports and the Ad Council. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you. Mr. Way Too Much Cologne Wearer. Mr. Way Too Much Cologne Wearer. Like a bullhorn, your cologne announces your every arrival four blocks before you get there. Here it comes now. Here a splish, there a splash, everywhere a splish splash. You don't stop till every square inch of manhood is covered. Anywhere a splish splash. Overslept and haven't got time to shower? Not to worry. You've got four gallons of cologne and a plan. So crack open a nice cold Bud Light, Mr. Way Too Much Cologne Wearer. Because we think we smell a winner. Mr. Way Too Much Cologne Wearer. Bud Light Beer, Anheuser-Busch, St. Louis, Missouri. From the NFLPA headquarters in our nation's capital, this is a Rocky Media production. Now I'm down in Tribeca, right next to the Nero But I'll be hood forever, I'm the new Sinatra And since I made it here, I can make it anywhere Yeah, they love me everywhere I used to cop in Harlem, all of my Dominicanos Right there up on Broadway, pull me back to that We got a bunch of geographical shout-outs we're doing tonight Here with our music, I like it We gotta pull some Big Easy for Anne And, I don't know, are there songs about Baltimore? New York! We got, we got New York for Trey. We had Inner Sandman for the Inner Sandman. The Hokies, I don't really entirely approve of that, so we'll pretend it was for something else. Mm, no. <laughs> I guess if we play the Star Spangled Banner, that's like playing something for Baltimore, right? Because it was written there. And for America. And for America. That's right. Two don't birds, one stone. Two birds, one song. Well, we've been talking about a lot of NFL, and as we were going into the break, we started talking about the game that's here in Washington this weekend, and we asked Trey if he was going to head out to the Redskins-Lions game. No. He said no chance. His daughter's playing lacrosse. As much as you love Sue, though? I do love Sue, and I want to see him come here and do his regular stuff and see if Trent Williams and the crew take him down. I would pay money to see that, but 
My baby might be the best eighth grade lacrosse player on the universe. Priorities, people. Priorities. Priorities. And I got to go watch her drill and drag these broads down. Oh, wow. That intensity. We go rough. Lacrosse is a tough sport. Yeah, man. Talk about hitting people with sticks. There's plenty of that in (laughs) lacrosse. And the girls game is much better because it's so much more skillful and finesse than it's girls. I always enjoy playing lacrosse. It's and it's a fun. It's a fun. Always want to try. High speed too. Me neither. Well, we talk. Johnson, baby, stay tuned to an all American team near you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't actually. Major league lacrosse does exist in the U.S. I don't think there's a women's league, but there is major league lacrosse for men. Not Mm -hmm. yet. So, so maybe maybe Chloe can help us transition that and and bring the women to it. it. Like the Williams sisters. But it's certainly big in college, especially here on the East Coast. Yeah, only like seven places play lacrosse, though. You know what I mean? Like seven or like, like I give you like ten states. Mid, it's, the, it's a mid-Atlantic sport. Mid-Atlantic, it's a Maryland yeah. sport. Yeah, yeah really, there you go. There you go, Baltimore, Luke. Johns Hopkins, yeah. North oh, yeah. Carolina. Loyola. Loyola. You Virginia. Know, UVA. Maryland. Oh, yeah. UNC. You it's know. either mid-Atlantic or it's up there out on the island in New York or way up there by right. Syracuse. Right. Yeah. Like well, we've spent a lot of time on the other side of sports here talking about injuries in football, and we've we've run the gamut. We've had guests on who talked about how uh, sort of all the talk about injuries is impacting the game and how it's played here. We've talked about player safety as it relates to the NFL, and, and we have delved into it in terms of football and younger age boys who are playing football, but it, you don't often see a lot of the big stories when something happens, certainly injury wise, because they're not, no one's reporting about concussions for high school football players unless it's part of a longer form story. Mm-hmm. There was some unfortunate news that came out this week that on Monday, a high school football player in New York actually died, passed away from injuries that he sustained on the field in a Friday night game. It's awful. So he suffered a helmet to helmet hit during under the Friday night lights and was rushed to the hospital. I don't believe he ever regained consciousness and he was pronounced dead on Monday. And so so we have an incident here. He was uh, of a a very young player. Um, I don't know what position he played. Um, Oh, running back, 16 years old. And um, lost his life to the game of football on Monday. And those are not the stories that anybody wants to hear about, but they are the ones that continue to keep the conversation about safety and the game at the forefront of everyone's minds. I think that's there's nothing scarier than when your child is sick or hurt. And I think me, you know, I, I feel like I'm still impervious and I had 19 surgeries related to football uh, stuff and didn't bother me as much as it would bother my kid having an injury that kept him down for a day would shake me. Have one of my beautiful boys get rocked or lose their ability to 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 walk or have an injury that will stay with them for the rest of their lives and for what i mean you know i don't know for me it's like my sons want to play football my sons want to play football now and they're really young and i wouldn't let them do it but you know my son didn't even know i played for my oldest son didn't even know i played football until somebody told him at his school Really? In kindergarten, yeah. Wow. How have you have, never talked about it? Uh, I'm not talking about it. I don't want him to, you know, let's go, let's go, hit, let's, let's let him go cure cancer or something like that. You know, do something like that, you know, but he can do that forever. I don't want him to think that we, you know. Let him have his own dreams Let him first. have his own thing first, see what he likes. If he falls into it or he has the aptitude or the size, you know. Trey, you have two sons? I have three. Three sons. Uh-huh. And my, you know. Of uh, what ages? One is 19, will be 20. One is 
six will be seven next month, and one is four. Okay. Does, has your 19-year-old ever played football? Does he play football He now? did as a younger man. I, I don't see him as much. We were estranged at the moment, which is whatever it is. But he did as a younger kid, you know, which I was kind of mm, about. But he was like, you know, big. Right. So when you're in, I think playing in the line to me is a lot safer than playing a position where you like have running that, back. Like running back, wide receiver, where everyone's safety, coming for you. Where everybody's throwing their bodies in the air. You know, like I think that's way more terrifying. Yeah, you're just you know. throwing your body out there. Yeah. Safety to me is one that I, I, you just have to be a little bit crazy, I think, to play it because you really are using your body as a missile, especially if your name's Brandon Merriweather. Yeah. <laughs> but you, I mean, that's what it is. You're going airborne to hit these people, and it's it's incredible that you almost don't see more injuries that come out of it. Yeah, and you're taught to do it. Like I'm, you know, until I had kids, I think I didn't even think about it. I mean, I think the one thing that shook me as a shorty is when Mike Utley got paralyzed uh, one uh, in a game. Mm-hmm. And I saw that. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I didn't need that. That could happen? You know what I mean? Like, wow. I think that put it in perspective for me and definitely you know, made me want to bull, you know, bull your neck up and you know, play a little differently. But we're taught to, to project our bodies into other people's bodies at the highest possible speed and point of impact and all that stuff. And it's just not natural, man. Like, that's, that's not the thing to do. <laughs> But people love it. The biggest hits are what's shown on um, Sports Center and on sports shows, and people want to, you know, somebody Absolutely. gets rocked, everybody cheers, and like that's the that's the type of society that we're we're we, in. So we talked about Jadavian Clowney, and how many times mm-hmm. did everybody see the hit? It was on Sports Center on repeat for weeks. Jacked up. People used to want to watch whatever was on Jacked Up. You know, see the best hit. I never saw Jacked Up, Lou. That was me neither. I never what heard of that. that? Uh, it was on uh, ESPN. No, it was uh, what was it the lead pipe lock and how they always do that stuff. So it was one of the segments on ESPN before the Monday night game where they would review so all the, the hits from Sunday. Right, oh, I gotcha. That Just kind that of one. was not, in, you know, the right thing PC to do anymore. Ooh. So because of all this change, when did this show air? A couple years part, ago. It was a oh. part of segment. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But it I was, just missed it. I you guess. still hear people reference, you know, jacked up. That that would have made jacked up. You'll hear a commentator occasionally say that would have made jacked up. Yeah, Eddie Lacy's feeling the love right now. Yeah, well, I mentioned Brandon Merriweather, and so we've got the video up from the Green Bay, the Redskins Green Bay game, and Brandon Merriweather had two helmet to helmet hits that he levied against the Packers, one of which took him out of the game. So at a certain point, and I understand you, you do putting it in context. Brandon Merriweather, this is his second year in Washington. He's only played. This is his second game. Um, that he was started in. He's never finished a game as a Redskin. <laughs> he he left. Um, Interesting stat. Yeah, he left one game last year with an, a knee injury, and and this season he left with the concussion that he gave himself tackling one of the Green Bay players. And here he is. And and I guess some of it also is in the form and using proper form. And as Trey, you mentioned, you know, as a lineman, you're thinking, keep your neck up, you know, or really in any position, make sure you're, you're guarding that area of your body. He is just basically using his head. He is giving it all up as a ramming he's rod. I mean, he's, he lost he right is. through his he chin lost. checked him for real, but so, it's just to be commonplace though. Ronnie Lott, Kenny Easley, Dennis Smith, Joey Browner, Jack Tatum, dirty, uh, dirty waters up in was uh, Andre waters, West Hopkins. They were knocking people out. Left and right. I had a teammate of mine when I played a cat named Daryl Pounds who 
Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah, my he's God. still here in D.C. He is. Great human being. One this of my dude, best friends works for him. He's fearless. This dude, had a, he was a 4-2 high, 4-3 low 40 guy. was only like 175, 80 pounds. And mm-hmm. he was knocking himself and people out like every game. And it, and it, is, it shortened his career. Uh, but I, I, I was on the sideline. And I was like, oh, my God. I think D. Pounds has killed this dude. And D. Pounds is asleep. And he's asleep. <laughs> and you're like, wow. <laughs> knocked you know, them both out. Knocked them both out. And that man is, you know, nobody can say, he, you know, he has no punk in his DNA. But I know he got a stiff neck now. Got to be. Oh, yeah. And I don't, I mean, he doesn't, he stays fairly far away from football, as I understand it at this point, too. And I, I'm sure there are a lot of retired players who feel that way. There's there's a book that's come out recently um, by a retired player who's just said, look, I couldn't, it, it's too much. You're, you're constantly struggling for the roster spot. You're doing everything you can, working against your own body and your own injuries and everything to stay on the field. But yeah. you certainly never, ever, ever want to hear that it's happening to anybody but to kids at such a young age where you have a 16-year-old mm-hmm. and you're packing up to go to the game that night. You know, you've got the boosters out and everyone's come out to, to cheer on the thing. And it's something that is a nice thing to do on a Friday night. You're supporting who, whomever your local team is, the local school, and to have it end that way is really unfortunate. It doesn't sound like there's anything in this instance that could have been done to prevent the injury that this kid sustained, I mean, it seems like he went out there. It was a bad hit. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't read anything to indicate that he had a medical history that caused a complication. And it, unfortunately, um, was was the last hit he took. And you just don't know and you don't see that coming. And you can never know. And that's the scary thing. You could do everything right and somebody still catch you wrong way. And it's buzzards. It's, it's horrible. Absolutely. The statistic is actually not as bad as you think when you break it down it's, you know that it says that you know since 2039 high school football players have died due to injuries sustained while playing that's a lot of people 39 people dead it's three three players a year three players a year across the entire nation what i'm saying hang on what other sport has that let me put it in perspective that's what i'm about to tell you overall in deaths about 50 to 100 deaths occur a year in high school and middle school from all sports Injuries, and only three of those eff- effectively, if you right. stretch it out over thirteen years, have been football. What other sports could they be getting killed at this regular? I was just well, curious, see, so I just you'll Googled see it, it in track and field if there are unidentified well, javelins. What do you, what do you mean? Heart, well, heart injuries. I um, okay, heart, uh, heart injuries. problems. Let me, let me, if, let me if they have that, an issue, but is that the sport known. or is that the individual though? Yeah, that actually, well, in my high school career, I suffered an attack on the field. And they diagnosed me with a heart problem. So I had to wear a monitor. My junior year of football, it was clocked at over 500 beats a minute. Wow. And I actually had to get heart surgery. And did wow. You, and you gave football up at that point? No, I actually ended up playing still. Came back. And then the next year, it's stupid. And oh me being a kid, God, I played my senior year and forged all the signatures. And they never found out until the last game because me being dumb left, the, uh, left my uniform in the washing machine. You yeah. played for almost an entire season without your parents knowing. Yeah, they had no idea. I mean, I had a car. Okay. Well, that's that. true. I mean, you're, you're well, that in high school. I mean, I wasn't well, lucky enough to. So but where were your coaches? Your coaches should yeah, have been better. That, yeah. Wasn't you the kid that fell out last year? Get your ass out but of I here. I came what back the year before, and the surgery fixed all that. But, yeah, it's just, I mean, these are the things that happen, though, because the trainers at those high schools and places don't have that type of right. medical background. training. Yeah. Right. And but definitely equipment. background. But I think those are more incidents where you had a unique situation. You're talking about all these other sports that people are dying. I 
somebody dying from the trauma that's well, caused by the sport. Like, what other sport could be like from that? a from an ant bite. On well, the so field. that's not this the is sport. Though. Well, they can't play in the ants. Well, no, but it is one I wanted to bring up because it, it's the issue of accountability. So this kid, this could have been prevented. This could have been one hundred percent prevented. The coaches were asked specifically about ants on the field and said they had checked it and there were none. They said they did a walkthrough of the entire field and said that there were no see, ant piles. I'm not so sure that you can prevent ants one hundred percent. But well, they shouldn't have said that. They shouldn't. I agree well, with you. Well, because then the field was checked. Where after, is this that they had killer ants? After the fact. No, it's allergic to them. The kid Texas. has an al- 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 allergy to them. Don't Texas. go to Texas. Texas. They mess you up. After the fact that the field was checked again and more than 20 anthills were found. After the game. After the game. And I, look, I, know, I know that, you know, ants are industrious little creatures, but they're not building 20 new anthills during right. a football You're gonna game. You're going to notice that, exactly. So if you know you have a player on your team who has an allergy, or even if you don't, if you've specifically been asked to check for something, I don't care what it is, it's going out and making sure that all the padding's been put back in the helmets, or I don't know, you, you do it. Because these are kids' lives that are on the line here, potentially. I mean, this was 100% preventable. And yeah. the other interesting thing about it, when I, when I read further down the article, is that there was no EMS personnel available. And that could, his death could have been prevented even after the ants. Because so Corpus Christi is just trifling as all hell in terms of they getting didn't even have, their kids. They didn't even have an EpiPen, EpiPen that's on what I'm hands. Talking about. Now, See, I, I don't think that's the sport, though. I think that is the, the responsibility of the individuals at Haas Middle School No, it's not Christi. the sport, but it's a, it's a level of accountability that's missing that we've seen uh, throughout the sport. And all sports, really, when you're talking about it. But people aren't taking the proper responsibility here. I mean, Ted had a coach who let him go back on the field. Here's a coach who said they checked it when they really didn't. And you have coaches and trainers, as we've discussed in the NFL, who are often encouraging players to play on injuries that they should not play with. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's a morally uh, uh, negatively just bad judgment and bad human beings who would encourage another human being to put himself on the line so you can get a check you know for your for, for it to take you know you'd be surprised how how simple th- I mean we uh, as a volunteer firefighter one of the things we do in Virginia where I live is we go to high school football games you know and and are there as a me- medical staffed unit there for these kind of and they come up incidents like this and it's a big difference it can make when you get medical attention very fast Another thing is, you know, weekend warriors. We get calls, you know, softball, but ba- ball goes straight into pitcher's skull. Sure, you know, stuff yeah. like that. But you know, as Katie's saying, I, I agree. You, yeah, you, but you don't have to play softball. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, yeah, you had to take your ass out there and play no softball. My point is, like, we're talking about these organized sports and kids, right? right. What I'm saying, mm-hmm. that, why, why wouldn't they have? Why every high school football game and middle school football proper game should precautions. have proper medical uh, uh, staff or an a- local ambulance or a medic unit? Uh, whether it be volunteer And you may otherwise. remember, when, uh, we went to Fauquier High School, or Ann did for part of it, and we actually had a, a, a unit within the high school where it was kids, it was effectively a class. It, it was, was like class. shop class mm-hmm. or anything else. It was like training. Where yeah. it was training to be either EMTs or firefighters. Mm-hmm. And usually those class, those students would be on hand for big events, like a pep rally or a football game, with then the backup of 
the adult level fully trained professionals. And so it just, how can you not, when you have this many kids on the field and you're responsible for them, make sure that you've done everything to put proper precautions and a, in And AED should be available everywhere now. For Absolutely. Any, any sport. You, you should not be anywhere without one. And if you can't afford it, you shouldn't have the program. If you can afford the equipment in the field and the grass. and the, yes, Then you should be able to f- afford all the rest of it. So... It's it's really a tragedy to that this early in the season we've now seen two kids but who, who've lost their lives. But certainly we hope that moving forward there are lessons that can be learned from it and and, and future deaths prevented because of it. We and I would like books. to hear a breakdown on those numbers, Lou, of the I was just skimming some stuff. Forty eight other deaths that happened in a year. But we're we're going to break right now. Thank you for joining us here on the other side of Swords. We will be back with you all the way up until nine o'clock. From the NFLPA headquarters in our nation's capital, this is a Rock Deep Media production. So, we all set? I've got two tickets to paradise. Back your bags will leave tonight. Uh, it's two next month, actually. Paradise! No, four, remember? Whoa, 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 whoa. You know, Ronnie, folks who save hundreds of dollars by switching to Geico sure are happy. And how happy are they, Jimmy? Happier than any money running a travel agency. Get happy. Get Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Remember the days when being in your car meant you couldn't be reached? When you could only get one call at a time? When pagers were for doctors? What did we ever do back then? I'll tell you what we did. We slept in. We talked more. We sat through double features. Now we've got laptops, mobile phones, and faxes on airplanes. Yes, apparently you can take it with you. Of course, all of this is a boon in some ways. But when you've got an answering machine on your car phone, it's time to reevaluate things. And perhaps the best place to do that is over a chai tea latte at Starbucks. Chai tea is an exotic blend of flavors like cardamom, honey, cinnamon, even cloves. Starbucks mixes chai with milk and serves it hot or iced. And since it's the kind of drink you want to take your time with, you can sit back and think about all those things you could be doing, but choose not to. And after about two minutes, you can ask for a lid and drink the rest in your car. Chai tea latte, new from Starbucks. Your dog's quite the contradiction. He's sticking his butt out the window instead of his head. Look at you, you're eating Starburst. It's solid, but it's juicy like a liquid. That makes no sense. Dude, your dog is weird. He loves cats. He hates tennis balls. He pulled a guy into a burning building. All weird. Don't listen to him, Benny. You're not weird. You're an innovator. No, he's weird. Starburst is a juicy contradiction. From the NFLPA headquarters in our nation's capital, this is a Rock Deep Media production. Back to the other side of sports, ladies and gentlemen. We are here with you until 9 o'clock, and we appreciate you tuning in. We know that there's football that has started this point on Thursday night, kickoff week three in the NFL. Yeah, apparently everyone cheered for Andy Reid. That's what another score center alert told me. Really? I didn't yeah. get that one. What oh, the really? heck? Actually, all right, I don't, I don't do this very often, 
But I will give Philadelphia some credit for that if they really did cheer for him and they didn't boo him. That's what ESPN told me. So, <laughs> I mean, who so knows? It's got to be true. Maybe, maybe they had it mistaken. I am not. I'm definitely rooting for the Chiefs tonight, and I, I have never been an Andy Reid fan. Um, but I, well, one, it's the Eagles, so of course I want to see them lose. But you do want to see him go somewhere else and, and do well. I think you know he, he's he's worked hard. He got paid a lot of money though, so we can't feel too bad for him. That's true. I don't. Like I said, I've never been a fan, but there's something about him going to Kansas City. <laughs> he looks kind of funny in all the red, too. Yeah, it's not a, funny. Not a like small man. Well, they all looked kind of funny because it was the first time they had worn full red outfits last week. It was the first time ever, it's apparently. It's really not a good look on no. very many people. So. Yeah, it's too much red. It's like a big red ball. Look. It's actually kind of like the Christmas game because it's, it's the red versus the green. So if you put the Eagles in an all-green outfit. That's true. Anyway. Um, last week here on the other side of sports, we talked about the concept of college football players getting paid. Mm-hmm. And there are two pieces of news that came out this week that brought it back to the front of my mind. One of them is one Lou shared that I'll bring up in a minute because I actually hadn't seen this article. But I saw something earlier this week, and I'm just I'm reading the headlines and it catches my eye because... I don't care what you're reading. $740 million is a very large number. That's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. That is the amount of money that Texas A&M raised last year. In donations. In donations. Pledges and gifts. So I'm sure that a portion of that dollar value is somewhat in in in-kind gifts that were given if it's services of different kinds to the athletic department or to different departments mm-hmm. in within the university. $740 million. I don't care which way you slice that pie, though. But they're in the SEC now, though. That's a big well, pie. Yeah, that's a big jump, though. Before they were in the SEC, they got $181 million. Good. Does the SEC put up that much more money? Damn right they do. Well, but this is not income from the SEC. This is not, pledges and gifts I'm from alumni and other supporters. I'm talking about those people down there are truly fanatic about their universities. Their teams, a lot of those SEC schools don't have NFL teams. So they're like in Alabama That's doesn't true. have an NFL team, right? You know what I'm saying? So but it's Texas. They've Mississippi got two teams. doesn't have a uh, NFL team. Yeah, but you know uh, the the Aggies have been around a lot, around a lot more than the Texans and the, and the Cowboys. But why weren't they giving this money before? I think because they were. What were they in the Big Eight, Big Twelve, Big Twelve, Big Eight? Yeah. So no, they didn't support their school because of the conference they were in. I mean, yeah, I, I think they didn't because they weren't one. They weren't winning. Well, two, apparently, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, but two. They, they they don't have the they didn't have the talent long uh, I think the same talent level that they have now with some of the players that they're getting. That's true. That's flashy as Johnny is. He can attract a lot of money. Yeah. Well, go ahead, Anne. Apparently, they had a stadium renovation, and two hundred seventy-one million of those dollars went to the stadium renovation. Uh, but a lot of times, you have to understand with an older stadium like that, you're adding. Bu- you're updating suites, possibly adding suites, especially if you mm-hmm. are moving to the SEC and you potentially have a new. Um, girth of um, boosters coming in. You're adding more administrative space. You know, it's it's not necessarily it's expensive to upgrade some of these stadiums these days. Um, so it's not always things that you're going to see. And I'm sure some of it was sort of weight room um, and player amenities. And Johnny Manziel. As well. sure. I think Johnny Manziel brought some money. Everybody want to see him. Well, no doubt, Johnny Manziel is probably responsible for a very large piece of the money that was raised. People want to come. They want to see him. They have this big name player. So how can you say when you have numbers like these, you've got, you basically have two factors here. You've got the SEC 
which certainly can be credited with some of it. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Johnny Manziel. So when one player's name can make that different, that much of a difference in the quality of a team and the amount of money they get and the amount of money they bring in, how are they not paying these kids? Oh, it's Or how are they not letting the kids profit off of their own image when the school and gave it to you 181 million was last year um when they were still part of the Big 12 740 million now forget even the school it's just the fact that they can't profit off their own likeness devoid of anything to do with the team just the fact that everybody knows there's like interesting comment and one of the people commented below the article you know that posted it says seriously Johnny uh blanking football has earned everyone millions except him <laughs> Besides A&M, hotels, restaurants, retail, et cetera, score significant money. goes on to say, I had to stay at a Comfort Inn, a Comfort Inn, mind you, last night, for $389 a night, two-night minimum, to be able to go to the game. In College Station? That's what they're saying. $389 for a Comfort Inn in Texas? That's ridiculous. All the other hotels are booked. Supply and demand. And it, 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 that, that's what they're saying. It, but what I'm, my point is, the point of the, the commentary is that all the local businesses, the everybody's making money, everybody's except making for money. Johnny. And it's it, you know exactly, it's just unfair. You know, it's just unfair. And it's it, it's a it's going to come back. It's hypocritical. It's not only that. You, prohibition doesn't work. Look, you try to eradicate something. The under the table stuff is going to go on until you find a way to make it more fair in some right. way. Bottom line. Well, following on the heels of this was the article that Lou brought to my attention, which came from the president of the NCAA, um, Mark Emmert, and he said that paying student-athletes is not an idea, or is an idea that does not have any support among university presidents. And he freely admitted that he obviously cannot speak for every single university president out there. Um, There probably is at least one who thinks that the athletes should get paid. They might be a president who actually doesn't have an athletic department in their school anyway. But he's saying that every university president with whom he's spoken, none of them are in support of or have brought up the concept that they would like to move forward with paying their students. So now you have the governing body coming out and saying it's not even something we're considering. The only thing I see about it, the only problem would be is if you allow them to make money and it could affect, like each university's bankroll is different so they can attract different levels of play. If it could affect the recruiting, that's the only problem I see because obviously Texas A&M is making $740 million. And I know Temple University is not raising that. So it absolutely. It already affects the recruiting, though, I think, because for the longest time, I went to UVA. We have Virginia Tech mm-hmm. in-state with us. We're recruiting from very similar pools. We're recruiting from the same pools in a lot of cases Cares. when you're going for in-state students. And UVA, up until recently, could never compete with Tech. Big we just name, couldn't. It's a big name. It was a bigger coach. And there were, it was a different way that their program was handled and how money was funneled into it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's how it happens. It was the opposite of basketball years ago, but it's kind of balanced out there. It was a little bit, but, I I mean, I think Trey's right that I think it would make it worse. I think it would exacerbate an issue that's already there. But I think if you standardize, like when I say pay them, standardize it in terms of like a Pell Grant, not to the point where that money is, is, you know, um, that each individual school is raising, allows them to pay their players more. No, I don't think that's fair. But, like, let's say across the board. So an institutionalized system. An institutionalized, you know, every every scholarship player who's not allowed to work, who's, 
you know, uh, on scholarship and, 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 and working hard, give them a standard amount for everybody, whether you're in the SEC or in the American Football Conference or whatever the case may be. When I was an econ major, and I will tell you from an economic perspective, one of the reasons why the NFL is the most successful sporting entity in the world in terms of money is because of the shared revenue pools of TV contracts. One of the things you could do, Trey, I just thought of, just thought of this as you're speaking. Why not take and have, since the NCAA is a unifying body and they want to be involved, pool some of that money right. together and then redistribute it uh, to, to every student athlete in the NCAA. I'm talking about if you're a track player, I don't care, whatever, to redistribute some of that. In that in that way, well, and so one point that the president of the uh, um, NCAA. NCAA made was that these these students are students that they're not employees of the university, so that they shouldn't be treated like employees, and that suddenly if you start paying them, they in essence become that way, and that their first priority here should be to be students. And it's not about playing the sport and that most of them aren't there because they want to be students. They're there because they want to be professional athletes. And the only option they have in pursuing that path is to play at the college level first. And he goes and makes a comparison that I think is laughably ridiculous, um, saying, for instance, if you want to be a ballerina, ballerinas don't go to college, that you just go straight into a dance troupe, which is not... He entirely really true. That? Either he yeah. really said this. Has he not been to? So what does he want to do? Separate the, or some of the other separate football from the colleges? No, but he's saying that it's not appropriate to pay them because that would be treating them like an employee and not like a student. But and you're not the point paying of these them. institutions is to educate them, and that sports is a, a, a component of it. Yeah. And if they're just <clears throat> there to play the sport, then they should go just play the sport somewhere else. See, and if that would actually happen, how foolish that is. Imagine they made some kind of semi-pro league where now all these kids don't even have to go to colleges. One, these colleges would go damn near broke. A lot of them would. For sure. Absolutely. Without having but two, now you're taking that fan base from these universities and put them in, the, you know, in, in these little leagues that are not governed by any you know body that it would be a farm system for the NFL, and maybe that's the better way to go. And I think these colleges would change their tune if that actually happened. Oh, that's if somebody changed it, they'd be like, "Whoa, whoa, we'll pay them like a you know a, a grand a, a month or something like that, and in, in, in Pell grants or something. We'll we'll take care of it. Just come on back, and you know, right? Not only and, that, and bring but it down. the hypocrisy that Trey that you pointed out in the previous show, the hypocrisy that if I'm a excuse me, if I am an academic scholarship student at Texas A and M. And I want to go out to lunch with my professor because he thinks he's one of my, I'm one of his favorite students or whatever, or her or, favorite Or he thinks you're hot. And they, uh, <laughs> or, uh, um, you'll be distracted there with the whole, I was going to say something. <laughs> Come on, Lou, stay with it, Lou, stay with it. I was going to make a joke about the Williams sisters, but, and, and I go out to dinner with the professor and the professor wants to buy me a dinner. No one's going to complain, but if you take out one of your players and want to buy them dinner that they're on an athletic scholarship, it's going to be scrutinized by the NCAA and it's uh, ridiculous. Exactly. That's and it's very the same true. thing. You're both getting a scholarship. You're both not employees. You're both under you know rules. So there, there are some schools that at least have expressed a, a positive attitude towards the idea of giving them a stipend. So that even if it's not typically payment, it's a stipend that would cover expenses above tuition and some of your basic living expenses. Because living expenses, obviously, is the first number one thing that most of these students are getting as any part of an academic scholarship. But the argument has been made that the smaller schools are not in favor of it because they can't afford it. That's why I said revenue sharing. Well, and exactly that would go to your point, ex- unless the NCAA goes by the wayside at some point, which has been discussed, if you have something like the SEC or a conference that's big enough that they can break off and form their own governing body. 
I mean, in essence, Notre then Dame you have chaos, kind of I by guess, itself is one school, you know, for right, a long time. Forever. Yeah. So it it, it, it's about economic power. But, uh, well, and Notre Dame has is is a little bit of its own animal in the sense that why they though? have why are they allowed to be their own animal. Well, I only mean in tradition. terms of fundraising and uh, alumni support and things like that but because they had the you contract. have people who are Notre Dame fans because they had an NBC contract and that was the team that they could watch growing Guaranteed. up and they couldn't be watching Every another single team. Saturday they were going to see them exactly, and so you have some people that have fair. no reason. To be a Notre Dame fan, other than it's the team they grew up watching because that's who was on TV. Mm-hmm. And that's still not fair. Like, you know, they, they're getting advantages that other smaller schools or even some bigger schools don't get because of their fan base. But like, see, because they're able to attract a TV they, audience because it's been that way historically Well, yeah, because they have the time. income. Yeah. So, is that, that make it right? Not to mention it's a Jesuit school. But see, Catholics things like are that known happen. to breed more than other people, so they're breeding lots more <laughs> Notre Dame fans <laughs> over the Before years. Before Anne's adult uh, sports lifetime, so we won't back she might know this, but there was two natural, uh, unnatural advantages, whatever you want to call it, that uh, the Atlanta Braves and the Chicago White Sox, I believe, had because they both were superstations. Ted Turner and WGN, and before ah. you had massive sports cable television, you could see their baseball games anywhere in the country, and a lot of people became fans of those two especially the Braves. Because it was your alternative right. to if whatever. You live in the middle, if you live in the middle of Wisconsin or, or the middle of uh, Kansas, you know, somewhere where there's just not a broadcast or that matter, middle of you know Western Virginia. You know. Right. Yeah, but that's professional sports, though. You know, I'm not talking about Notre well, I'm just, Dame I'm just with your point that television can, can produce uh, unnatural loyalties that follow something just because of the fact that you can see them. Well, well and, and I think that's exactly why you have Notre Dame. And certainly they're ahead of the crowd in terms of fundraising and recruiting. Now, their performance certainly over maybe the last couple of years that game against Alabama is a little embarrassing. Mm-hmm. You do have to be able to maintain a quality program to keep some of that coming in. But that wasn't always but, the case. But Notre Dame's a little bit of an exception in the sense that I think that's coming in no matter what because they have a special sort of brand of loyal fans. Whereas you can see in one year the difference that a conference shift has made for Texas A&M. Yeah, oh. they should throw Notre Dame into a conference and let them split some of that money up too. Well, yeah, but I mean, I I like the idea of just an overall pool, and I don't know if it's a conference-based pool. Maybe that's the way to keep it somewhat more fair, so you don't have the big schools griping as much about their money being well, see, divided among the other people, or or where it lands. But it certainly would have to be an institutionalized. The interesting system. thing about that is, you know, the NCAA is a little bit fair when it comes to basketball because the NCAA tournament, if you make it, no matter what size you are, you get a big chunk of money, and it's a huge uh, bonus to your school. Well, it's an ongoing debate, and I don't think we'll see, one will see resolution for anytime soon. The uh, Mark Emmert was asked if he thought that any time in his tenure, which has just started, he would expect to see players um, being paid or being receiving a stipend of some kind, and he did not seem to think that it was happening anytime soon. And when you get the big name players, like a lot of the ones we have out there now, and the more exposure college football gets, it's not a debate that's going away. So I think we'll see more and more of it, and hopefully in the end they can come up with a ju- judicious, judicious, judicious system. All right. Yeah, On that note, it's time to end. end. They're going to get paid one way or another, it's just whether it's over, across the bo- above the board, below the board, whatever you call it. Exactly. Board. Well, thank you, everyone, t- who joined us tonight. Next week we will be on on a special time. We will be on on Wednesday night. Same time, 7 o'clock, but Wednesday instead of Thursday. So we do hope you'll join us then. This is The Other Side of Sports. Thanks to Ted for being here with us tonight. Thank you, Lou, Ann, and Trey. 
for being here. It's always a fun time, guys. It's always fun. And happy weekend. Tomorrow's yeah. Friday. And we'll get through hump day together next week. That's right. Hump day. That's a good way to send hump day into the background. Yep. Happy you weekend to all the listeners out there. We'll see you next time. Bye.